Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Get your clothes, fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over the perfume. Bitch, you got coronavirus. That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. Kelly, what is the White House saying about this tonight? Well, we have not heard back from the White House. We have asked about this. He made the point that he does not like when questions are asked about a subject other than the planned event, which in this case was about middle class families and the economy. Did you hear what the president said? I said, no, what? They said, he called you a stupid SOB. Do you see, I think the president's right. You are a stupid SOB. Yeah, nobody has fact-checked him yet. Come on, man. You are fake news. Give me a little break here. Very fake news. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Many of those people probably have AIDS. I agree with that. All right. America... Go to the YouTube right now. And also big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you. You're awesome. In five, four, three. I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show, frankly. The best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Are you going to make it through? I'm told it was a rough day. Yeah. It's not because I'm pregnant, guys, but I had the worst migraine maybe of my whole life today and so i have just been barfing until like an hour ago but i think i'm gonna be okay let the speculation begin and no even, it, was, it was just a migraine it was so bad even uh if this show does fall apart it's fine because i regret to inform you that tonight will be the final broadcast of the matt and blonde show youtube has determined that we, we are both to be replaced by black women starting next week so tune in to find out who then of course uh, just kidding about that. But the real joke is we are doing that with a much more important institution. So much the, more important. The Supreme Court of the United States. <laughs> so which black woman will win Joe Biden's diversity giveaway, which features, yeah. ironically, uh, no diversity whatsoever. Only black women need apply. We'll go through what to expect with the process. You know, um, I, I talked about this a little bit if, for people who are listening. Blonde is showing her repeal the 19th shirt. I, I talked a little bit about this last video featuring some clips with Maisie Hirono talking about sh how she wants a judge who looks at factors beyond the law. She was saying the quiet part out loud. I want this justice to look at feelings and examine yeah. how the decision will affect um, and impact people out there. And uh, 
I was thinking Maisie Hirono might have single-handedly and finally convinced me to accept your position. People should listen to those clips of her if you haven't had the chance yet. But You weren't there yet? I haven't done my job if you still thought that women should vote. Well, any possible argument that I was hanging on to, Maisie Hirono is a very compelling <laughs> Minority women, especially. I'm I'm really struggling, but we'll talk about all of that. Um, Canada is now giving us lessons in civil disobedience and standing up for freedom. The Canadian truck convoy reaches Ottawa over the weekend. And um, you can tell they're making a difference, number one, because Justin Trudeau is hiding. And number two, because the media is smearing them as extremists. That's how you know you're winning. And because you don't know how many people were at the protests. I could not get a straight number anywhere. That's how you know they were huge. I saw some pictures where it looked like tens of thousands of people. Definitely. The the video, the, there's some drone overhead footage that we'll get to. Uh, a lot. Plenty yeah. of people were in Ottawa, for sure. Uh, Joe Biden himself now has a controversial call with Ukrainian President Zelensky. Remember, that was the premise for impeachment one way back when. Uh, and everyone is, of course, wondering if this imminent war with Russia is, in fact, imminent in the meantime. Yeah. Plus, um, Spotify makes a minor concession over the weekend as boomer musicians you thought were dead but aren't leave the platform in protest of Joe Rogan. And before we get out of here, hoax hate and tonight's movie review is dread. So do stick around for that. And of course, we'll catch up with your super chats. In between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. We'll get to as many as we can before 1130 p.m. Eastern time. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That's Matt Christensen Media dot com. The show store is up and running. You can pick up a T-shirt or a hat or a mug or any other item. Plus, We have great offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends over at Phoenix Ammunition. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. Good luck. An AR-15, which is the kind of caliber of an AK-47. What? This right here has ability with a 30 caliber clip to disperse with 30 bullets within half a second. That's right. Ammo stock and prices are recovering. And especially if you're looking for 5.56 or 9mm, our friends at Phoenix Ammo are pushing out supplies as quickly as possible. As always, promo code MCLISTENER will get you 5% off your order. That's promo code MCLISTENER for 5% off self-defense sold in bulk at Phoenix Ammunition. And remember, if you don't see the item that you're looking for in stock today, you can sign up for their email notifications so that you are the quickest to the click the next time it becomes uh, available which can be awfully quick these days. The turnaround t- times are getting faster and supplies yeah. are becoming more available. You can find everything you need from Phoenix Ammunition, plus other great deals from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Charity Swipes, Hero Soap Company, Western Razor Company, and more at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners for listeners. And I do have one quick uh, reminder that if you're the sort of person who uh, prefers to catch the show in the uh, shortened clip format, the clips channels are back 
Thanks to uh, our helpful, helpful listener, Ryan, who has restarted them. So if you want to see the show segment by segment instead of in one long go, check out the Clips channels wherever you find the video show. YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute. We have a Clips channel now. They're all linked uh, on the podcast page of the website. So that's mattchristensenmedia.com slash podcasts. You can find that link in the description if you would like to follow the Clips channels. Well, uh, mark your calendars. Thursday, March 10th is sentencing day it's for happening. convicted. Nothing's going to happen. Why am I excited? I don't know. I'm hanging on to some hope here because of the aggravating factors, which we'll get to. But um, March 10th is sentencing day for convicted hate crime hoaxer Jussie Smollett. As of um, last Thursday, this, this past Thursday, January 27th, the judge has now set the date Recall last month, uh, Jesse was convicted on five of six felony disorderly conduct charges, though all five are lower level class four felonies in Illinois. But each felony conviction carries a possible penalty of one to three years in prison. However, also probation or conditional discharge. The judge could also impose a fine as well as order restitution. And as we've discussed previously, many speculate Jesse will, in fact, face no prison time on account of his mostly clean prior record. He did once have a DUI arrest and gave police a false name. That is what? his prior run in with the law. Yeah. But and they were like, that's not who you are. This was way back when. So I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know if the police. Hey, your name's not Joe Smith. You're that gay guy from Empire that everyone knows about and recognizes. Well, did he not have street. his license? He clearly got caught. I think this was a long time ago, though, like 2007 or something. Yeah. People have licenses then, too. Yeah. But um, there are compounding factors, as I as I mentioned, for the judge to consider. And perhaps the judge will. Uh, Number one, the cost of the investigation. We've heard it reported a whole bunch. One hundred thirty thousand dollars plus for the just for the overtime for for the uh, Chicago Police Department. The lack of remorse shown from Jesse Smollett. Indeed. The double down with new lies at trial. Jesse took the stand and made up new stories that were determined not to be true by the jury. In other words, you could argue one might say he perjured himself on the stand and that too might be deserving of uh, some punishment. So we will check back with the story on March 10th to see what happens to conclude the saga Uh, in other legal news. Ian Smith, uh, the the uh, fantastically bearded man over at the uh, gym in uh, New Jersey, has a couple pieces of news this week. What's going on with him? Uh, yeah, so he had his sentencing hearing this week. For those of you that don't remember, um, after this uh, 15 days of flatten the curve thing, this was two months, so two years ago, two months into that, he reopened his gym, even though the governor didn't give him permission and then he had his license revoked. And then Phil Murphy, Murphy tried to bankrupt him. They gave him exorbitant fees. I can't remember what they were up to when we interviewed him, but it was. In I think it's a million dollars plus, <laughs> something like that. A million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Dr. Um, Evil Territory, $1 billion. Yes, exactly. And then he uh, took the doors off of the gym because you can't lock doors that don't exist. So anyway, through all this, he's kept the gym open and he had a sentencing hearing this weekend and he got one year probation. So. That's good news. I mean, that's nothing, basically. Although they're probably going to find a way to throw the book at him as he continues to commit crimes. Crimes, in air quotes. I'm surprised they didn't find a way already. He is (laughs) in a state that 
you know, much like its neighbor in New York or, or you know, even uh, Pennsylvania with Philadelphia and elsewhere. No shortage of legit criminals in New Jersey. I will I know, speculate. that they're not concerned about. Yeah. But this guy is an enemy of the state. Yep. He's also um, running for Congress. Yeah. That's that's the other big piece of news. Yeah. He's scheduled to make an annou- announcement on Thursday. Um, he's trying to challenge two term rep Andy Kim, who's a Democrat from Morristown. In the New Jersey's third district. So we'll see how that goes, but he will be talking about it on Thursday. I'm sure it'll be on his Instagram and elsewhere. Stand by for that. That'll be entertaining to watch. Uh, in other justice topics, we finally got him. The Amish dairy farmer. I don't even know where this is, but the ATF, the guy who has been gun running for this entire country. I'm sure this Amish yeah. dairy farmer is the guy single handedly responsible for all of Chicago's <laughs> ghost guns. It's exactly it. Yeah. They got it's him. Pennsylvania's Leacock Township. But the local newspaper reported that ATF seized firearms from this Amish farmer, um, and he had sold some long firearms. He stressed that there were no handguns that the other Amish could do for hunting um, and some non-Amish. But uh, he did not know what that line is where he becomes a gun dealer, mm-hmm. <laughs> an arms dealer. And I guess nobody, I don't know anything about this, but I was reading about it. Does nobody know this line? How many guns can you sell? As far as I know, there isn't there isn't actually a clear line that that's the serious component of this, like you're saying. Uh, So for people who don't know, if you are a gun dealer, as in, quote unquote, in the business of selling guns, as opposed to just I sold a gun to my friend privately. If you're a dealer in the business of it, you need to be federally licensed. And there are all sorts of procedures that go along with that. You have to background check all the buyers. You have to keep a bunch of records, all that stuff. But there's no line legally that says if you sell X dollars worth or if you sell X amount of of guns that you are and now it doesn't a matter that it was a word of mouth thing either. He wasn't posting anything online. It was just people that he knew and neighbors and things like that. And wow, they, they really need to um, specify. They do. But there's danger in that, too, because the, that's, that's one thing that the uh, gun grabbers have wanted to clarify for a few for a while now. I think Kamala Harris proposed a rule like three or something <laughs> like if three you sell, over what kind of time period, like a year or something like that. I don't quote me on that, but it was a very low number over a long period of time, which, of course, would impose all sorts of um, burdens on your. But surely that your, would be better than than them just arbitrarily coming after people that are selling guns for hunting to their small Amish community. I suppose clarity is a benefit, but if the line itself is ridiculous, maybe not. I I know know? that's difficult. I don't even know the answer to that, but yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens to this guy. This clearly horseshit. Well, you can uh, Mm -hmm. go out on the streets in Pennsylvania and be, uh, you can feel safe that this monster is, did he actually, did they do anything to him? What happened? Is he, is he arrested or is he, um, are they, what, what are it they remains, doing? It remains to be seen. So. Oh, okay. So they're going to bring in the uh, tanks and the whole Waco scene soon, just not yet. Yeah. And then they're going to kill <laughs> his wife and his dog. His cows first. <laughs> and then, they're they're going to shoot gonna a p- hole right through his beard. Pour themselves a glass of milk and yeah. uh, watch the show of, you know, uh, putting the incendiary gases into his home and not lighting them. Yeah. God. Anyway, uh, th- this clip went viral. An Instagram uh, video that I saw posted on Twitter, but it went viral this week. And I just wanted to highlight it because it was such a great uh, piece of, I guess you could say civil disobedience, but just a great piece of public mockery 
that is a, a public mockery of the absurdity we all have to engage in every day. So this guy is making fun of the plexiglass barriers that are installed all over retail stores and restaurants and elsewhere. And just just watch how he handles this. Okay, you welcome to 525. I come over there? Yeah. Oh, and then we just come and talk face to face? Oh. This seems a little absurd, doesn't it? And that poor girl, she's like, I hate my life. Well, that's what a lot of the responses said. Oh, what a jerk for going after this poor looks like a maybe a teenage girl or young adult. And uh, of, of that guy, I mean, he was just commenting on the absurdity of all of this. I don't know if it was specific to her. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that she's not the one who put up the plexiglass. I'm sure it's not her decision. But if we're going to say that this guy is some kind of um, like a, a low level abuser, why are we not going to talk about all the store management that puts the employees like her through this ridiculous charade? Right. Want her to engage in this plexiglass nonsense, want her to wear the mask and all this. If you want, as far as I'm concerned, this is the most innocent sort of kind of everyday disobedience that we could all engage in. When you start mocking yeah. this stuff and making it look ridiculous publicly, that's what's effective. And that's why I really appreciate this. You know, maybe we don't maybe we don't we can't all um, make a big show of quitting our jobs for whatever reason, or maybe we have to make concessions here or there, or maybe we can't uh, do a cross country convoy as we'll get to in a minute. But this is the sort of stuff that we can all do here and there to just make public mockery of this, that that does change public perception over time. The only reason we all accept this stuff now is because it's normalized. So if it stops being normalized, we can get rid of this crap. Right. And right. As far as the uh, plexiglass, there were studies done on that, like many other things. Uh, the findings are no effect at best. Some findings say they make it worse, because, <laughs> like in a restaurant environment or where there are a whole bunch of them, because it reduces airflow and therefore actually keeps corona particles suspended in the air longer because there's just <laughs> not enough airflow to remove them. Right. But uh but anyway, I just appreciated that clip. And um, we got to start pushing. Well, the time to start pushing back on this stuff was long ago. But you know, you got to make this stuff as uh, not normal as it actually is. Because even if, um, you know, the, maybe the, the Omicron fear has run out and maybe they won't be able to perpetuate the fear with more variants after that. Well, they're going to change the premises soon enough. It'll just be a different premise, something else that we have to submit to. And I'm not saying it's this. I'm just saying it could be this uh, because the new pandemic was almost upon us uh, near Danville, Pennsylvania. Last Friday, a uh, truck and a trailer carrying about 100 CDC lab monkeys collided with a dump truck. Local woman Michelle Fallon was one of the first people on the scene, and she says that she was trying to help the drivers. But one of the escaped monkeys hissed in her face. Now, according to the CDC, this, this species of monkeys, macaques from Eastern Africa, apparently, this species of monkey commonly spreads herpes virus B through saliva. What the hell is that? Uh, some form of herpes through their saliva, feces or urine. And so Michelle Fallon was treated at the local hospital following guidance from the Pennsylvania Health Department and the CDC for anyone exposed to the monkeys. Fallon says she later experienced symptoms, including pink eye and a cough. 
but she's since done another interview and she wants everyone to know that she's not sick. Speaking with the daily item, she says, I want people to know I'm not sick regardless of what they are reading and uh, what has been put out in the media. She says that she was given rabies shots and antibiotics as a precautionary measure. So how'd she get that pink eye? Did the monkey throw poop at her? The monkey hissed in her face. The pink eye was in the saliva, I guess. I don't know. Or maybe the monkey had just finished eating its own poop and the poop was in the spit, you know? What a nightmare. As a (laughs) hypochondriac, you know, I worry about all these diseases you can get from other humans. But if that happened to me, I I think I would just lose my mind. Yeah. Because you're catapulted into a whole new world of fear about diseases from monkeys. Oh, my God. Well, I know there's a lot of federal waste we can pick at, but diseased monkeys being trucked across the country. Let's start there. Not a legitimate function of the federal government. No real need for that. Why? And lucky for us. I mean, just wait until the diseased monkey truck collides with the bat truck. Then we're really screwed. We're really in trouble. Oh, yeah. Isn't that what happened in that movie Outbreak? Like That's what a lot of people said about this, but you know, like many movies. A monkey took a dump on a pig or something. I haven't seen it. Is that is that a what happened? A bat took a dump. I know there's a monkey involved because I saw that in the news story. I don't remember. All right. Well, whatever. Let's talk. Let's talk the real news of the week. We'll start with the uh, Supreme Court business and we'll get to the Canadian uh, truck convoy after that. But the uh, big news of the week in the United States is the retirement announcement of Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer and Biden taking the podium with Breyer to announce he will keep his campaign pledge to nominate a black woman for Supreme Court. Here was that announcement in case you missed it. I've made no decision except one. The person I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and integrity. And that person will be the first black woman ever nominated to the United States Supreme Court. It's long overdue in my view. So that was a ridiculous, silly show, but uh, there was a a more subtle moment that made it even more ridiculous. So Breyer took the podium before Biden closed and Breyer took off his mask and left his nasty mask on the podium. And then Biden concluded the event and picked the mask back up and handed it to Breyer. And then Biden touched his face. I'm not going to take any questions because I think it's inappropriate to uh, take questions uh, with the justice here, he's still sitting on the bench, and and uh, but you'll have plenty of opportunities to get me later today and for the rest of the week. And so Breyer apparently had two masks. I don't know. He had a backup, I guess, but follow the science, indeed. I don't know That's if Doctor Fauci. What a farce! Yeah, I don't know uh, if Doctor Fauci had anything to say about that one, but um. But as far as the retirement announcement, that that was the other uh, piece of this. It's not just that Breyer is retiring. It's uh, how that news was uh, released or leaked. And you're, you'll hear all sorts of respect, uh, talk of respect for Breyer and gratitude um, that everyone keeps expressing in, in, in making this replacement. But it has all the look of that classic Democrat shove out of the van that Christine Blasey Ford and others got. Yeah. And it's not as though obviously he wasn't purely shoved out. Breyer has been expected to or has been talking about retiring for some time. So it's not incredibly old. How old is he? He's 83. And that's another piece of that press conference. I, I think that his judicial quote unquote philosophy is garbage, but at least he's a coherent speaker. You listen to him speak. 
and compare it to Joe Biden, it's night and day. And Breyer is older, actually. Yeah. But uh, but but this news came out on Wednesday before Breyer himself had even said a thing. It, it got released through multiple media reports through some sort of unnamed leak. And you can speculate as to why that may have happened. Perhaps it is just a rush uh, to be the first to report the news or um, perhaps it's to box Breyer into this decision and make sure he can't back out. And whether it's Breyer's political calculation or the powers that be, whoever that may be, the political calculation of those people, one would infer that this is clearly made with the expectation that Democrats are going to get wrecked coming up in the fall. And if, if they lose Congress in the fall, it doesn't matter who Biden picks. That person is not getting through uh, at least for a couple of years. And then if they lose the presidency in 2024, that person is getting through never. So I'm sure there are a lot of political calculations and expectations uh, factoring into this decision. But uh, we know per Biden's announcement, we are going to get a historic nomination and the names are already circulating. So who do we have as uh, potential options so far? Uh, all terrible. I suppose um, some worse than others, but I think that it's going to end up being this uh, Katanji Brown Jackson character. Hmm. Um, and she she did go to Harvard, although I'm sure she didn't get in on her own merits. And she's widely thought to be Biden's top pick. She was elevated from a previous post as a judge on the federal district court in D.C. And she was there in 2013 to 2021. She went to Harvard uh, for college and law school. She was an editor on the Harvard Law Review. And then she clerked for Breyer. Interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. the, in the other news from the court this week, the, the court will be considering challenge to race-based admission policies at Harvard and the University of North Carolina, I believe. So really, the obvious irony of, well, it's going to be an affirmative action selection on the court, potentially yeah. with the court saying affirmative action is unconstitutional or at least chipping away at that. But I wonder in this case, as an alum, would she have to recuse herself? She has an interest surely. in a direct connection to Harvard. She'd surely have to recuse herself, right? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what sort of uh, practice would go along with that, but okay. Um, in terms of her ruling, so in September 2019, I, I read through all of her rulings. Most of them were unremarkable, but this might be of interest to people. Uh, she issued a preliminary injunction in Make the Road, uh, New York versus um, McAleon, McAleon, McAleon. Um, and this was going to expand fast track deportations without immigration court hearings for undocumented immigrants. I hate that term for illegal yeah. And she found that the U.S. Department of Homeland Security had violated the Administrative Procedure Act because its decision was arbitrary and capricious, and the agency did not seek public comment before issuing the rule. Mm. So that's going to be the a, a taste of, of the kind of judge she'll be. Okay. Um, the next chick is Michelle Childs, Judge Michelle Childs, South Carolina U.S. District Court. Um, she has a somewhat unremarkable career uh but she apparently is going to be a little bit more right-leaning than than other candidates she when when asked if the constitution was a living document she said no wow it's shocking really because <laughs> yeah. I, I i saw a headline that lindsey graham endorsed her today and i thought is well, that lindsey being lindsey because he voted for sotomayor or is there something i don't know about her maybe Maybe there is, but as far as I'm concerned, that's probably a disqualifier for Team Biden. If she does not believe in a living constitution, right. she's, she's going to be 
immediately disqualified, as should this next candidate merely based on her name, Leandra Kruger, California Supreme Court Justice. Um, and she served under Obama as acting principal deputy solicitor general from May 2010 to June 2011, argued 12 cases in front of the Supreme Court. Um, it's going to be more of the same with her. But I am really trying to – I'm going for Sherilyn Ifill. I don't know if that's how you say her name, but she's the least qualified candidate and this okay. is going to be the um the the best laws and she was she's a law professor and president and direct counsel of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund okay. and her twitter is i think we watched a clip with her last week um her twitter is filled with like <laughs> it's it's like she's not even a lawyer i was like wow she is totally uncredentialed for this position uh, she must not be an attorney because it's like grammatical errors and you know crude racial statements on her twitter she basically says whatever she wants all the time and then I looked into it. I was like, oh, she's definitely an attorney. So, but yeah, I okay. wonder if it's going to be her, but I think it's going to be candidate number one, which is Katana okay. Brown. Jackson. Well, I have my own theories about some dark horse candidates. No pun intended, Joe. I meant, but oh. uh, <laughs> coming up in a minute. No, these are, these are the serious ones. And then there's some less serious ones. And another possibility, Kamala. which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Kam- uh, Kamala. Don't mispronounce. That's racist too. Is it? Is it? Kamala. I've heard her say her name in a, in various ways. I'm sure so. she probably has. Yeah. All right. So I just want to speculate a little bit about how this will, will play out. Biden says he'll make a nomination by the end of February. So we're going to look at a little bit of time here. And Breyer is going to stay on the court until the end of the court's term in June. But as far as I'm aware, there's no reason the process can't start and his replacement can't be confirmed in the meantime. So I wouldn't expect it's going to take until June, but you're not going to see this person seated on the court until into the summer. Um, but what are the likely vote scenarios here? Uh, one would have to assume near total Democrat unanimity, of course, but um the Democrats have had trouble, obviously, lately getting their domestic agenda passed. We've had defections from Manchin and Cinema. However, I would not expect the same thing to happen here, even if Joe Biden nominates an actual terrorist for the court. And the reason I say that is because we have Manchin and Cinema's voting record on Biden's judicial nominees so far. Now, granted, these are lower courts; they're not as high profile. But so far, Manchin and Cinema are both 100% confirmation votes for Joe Biden's judicial nominees. So that's a factor. Also, Joe Manchin has been asked about what he would do if there was a nominee who was far more left than he is. And he he answered with um, reference to the makeup of the court. He says it's not going to change the makeup of the court. The court right now is pretty much a six to three court. So no matter what the philosophical beliefs of the person may be, that's not going to change the decisions or the makeup of it, which to me is a nonsense answer. Three ideologues who don't follow the constitution is still three too many. So I wouldn't just say, well, the, the status quo is six, three, uh, that the status quo is not worth maintaining. We want the constitutionally faithful on yeah. the court, but okay. Um, cinema hasn't made substantive comments. As far as I've seen, she has released generic statements about, I look forward to giving the candidate a fair hearing and blah, 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 but nothing about how she might approach, say a ridiculous ideologue nomination. And the other factor, um, I wouldn't assume here is unanimous Republican opposition, Mm -hmm. Romney, uh, Collins, Murkowski, potentially all the usual suspects. I would expect at least a few of them to get in line in the name of decency and unity and all of that. 
And then, as I mentioned just, uh, a little bit ago, Lindsey Graham, remember in 2009, Lindsey Graham voted with eight other Republicans for Sonia Sotomayor's confirmation. And she's a crazy lady. That's so, right. Even if you get a he Sotomayor clone. Right. Yeah. Um, I would count on at least a few Republicans to bail the Democrats out, even if uh, Manchin or Cinema uh, did go rogue. So I would say that even if he nominates a crazy, you, you could probably count on that person getting on the court. To Manchin's point, does that matter? Does that drastically shift what happens at the court? No, but we want sanity to win the day. We don't want to sweat these decisions and to think about. And by sanity, let me be clear. I don't mean what I agree with. I mean, the Constitution as written. That's what I mean. I, I hate this breakdown of, well, these this is the teams. It's not an institution that's designed to have teams. It's an institution that's designed to look at the document as written and federal law as written and apply them. That's it. It's not a team thing. I know. But it is now that it's a political institution. This is an ex- excellent op- opportunity for accelerationists, though. Well, I, I whatever you can find to to whatever or whatever you can uh, appreciate to find clown pill enjoyment in the process, I look forward as a political spectator. The viewing material that has been some of these confirmation hearings has been fantastic. Um, yeah. Now, implications for the midterms uh, are bad. If you if <laughs> people. <laughs> People are not approving of this generally. ABC News um, already has polling out on the issue. And by this, I mean the idea of picking a black chick on the sole basis of being a black chick. Mm-hmm. Uh, ABC News finds in a poll this week, uh, 76% of Americans want Biden to consider all qualified candidates. Only um, 76% of people want Biden to consider all qualified candidates. That's insane. T- 23% want black chicks only. So it's pretty high. That's so high. But even a majority of Democrats polled 54% want all qualified candidates considered. So it's not even a winner among Democrats. Um, But uh, on a related note, as we just discussed, a plurality of respondents say the court is itself just another political institution. 43% of respondents say the court simply makes rulings based on the justices' political preferences rather than the law. 38% said they uh, decide on the basis of the law. So um, and then you have the question, too, even if this black chicks only policy is wildly unpopular among the American public, is this something that will decide votes? I don't know that your average person who opposes this cares more about it than, say, the economy um, or other pressing issues. And it's not going to win votes either. The demographic that this is targeted at is already locked up for the Democrats. So I just don't even though this is unpopular, I don't see it shifting votes drastically in the midterm. Right. Yeah. I'm inclined Um, to agree. I skipped over the Kamala Harris part, but I did want to mention that Uh, Kamala Harris, of course, would fulfill the uh, the relevant criteria here. She is a black woman and this would relieve if she was nominated, it would relieve um, the 2024 ticket of her political liability. She's wildly unpopular. It would give her a dignified exit and she could claim that she wasn't booted out. She just got a better job. But I, I was wondering on Wednesday when this was announced, and um, I, so I looked a little bit into it. Let's say that you had Kamala Harris nominated. She's a pretty polarizing figure. I could imagine a 50-50 scenario in such a circumstance. What would happen? Could Vice President Kamala Harris break the tie in the Senate to confirm herself as a Supreme Court justice? No. 
According to a political science professor quoted in Fox News, the Constitution does not place any conditions on the types of ties the vice president can break as presiding officer. That would presumably leave the vice president free to break a tie on confirming herself to the Supreme Court. Now, whether that's... seriously, It would be illegal, according to this analysis. Is it politically intelligent? No. That would be a tough one, I think, for most people to accept. So what would be the protocol? Would she, like, recuse herself? And then what would would that's the thing is she really can't because I don't think as far as the process, I don't think the vice president can recuse and just transfer, in this case, her voting rights to a substitute. That's not the way she'd have to do it then. Yeah, uh, yeah, it'd be a huge. It's a weird it'd be a weird play for the White House, because on the one hand, they relieve themselves of a political liability, but they risk creating another. If this goes, you have to know exactly how all the votes are going to go. Before you even float this idea, we'll see if that actually happens. I would put that as a very low chance, but remains possible. And then, um, oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, any any shot at a Blossy Ford revenge scheme? Do we expect any of that? Number one, will there be any dirty tactics? Number two, should there be any dirty tactics? Yeah, there should, but I don't think that we're going to go down that. Hmm. that route what about you well we talked a little bit about it on wednesday and i know um on principle it would be wrong uh for the entertainment factor i want the most ridiculous accusation uh paraded out there put a kid out there that said this lady touched me uh dozens of times for years on end and stick to commit to the bit fully even though it's totally ridiculous everyone has to commit to the bit just like blossie ford yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd like to defend I, I the integrity of it. the institutions, but man, is there a lot of integrity left to defend or preserve? Why not just enjoy the show? I've come around, perhaps. Um, I don't know. It's nothing would really <laughs> happen. And as as we saw um before, it's not really as effective with a female candidate. It's going to be even less effective with a minority female candidate. Well, and that's the issue, and that's why I expect none of this. Not only will there not be any dirty tactics, I would say that it will be so clean that a huge amount of Republicans will be too afraid to even ask this person serious questions about her philosophy for fear of appearing racist. Mm -hmm. Not all. Uh, I'm sure some Republicans will step up. There are there are uh, uh, there are uh, good. um, What's the term I want to use? Good question askers. That's awkward. But there are guys on the judiciary, uh, senators on the judiciary committee who can do a good job if they want to. The question is, will they be up for the task? Yeah. And I would, um, I'm going to expect the opposite. I'm going to expect them to cave and just allow a crazy person through because not doing that would be racist. Now, here's my weird uh, piece of tinfoil that I wanted to talk about. This tweet put out from Biden was very weird. This on Thursday morning, the person I nominate to replace Justice Breyer will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and integrity. And they will be the first black woman nominated to the United States Supreme Court. Why did he use a they pronoun? I think that was accidental because I, I don't even see any trannies being suggested. Have you seen? That's where you're wrong. The ultimate really? dark horse candidate. The uh, the former first so-called lady, Michael Robinson, otherwise <laughs> referred to as Michelle Obama. And that giant flappy wiener that we all saw on Ellen. And uh, in in various dresses and and all that stuff. Right, right. 
So I'm not counting out based on this tweet. I am not counting out Michael Robinson oh for Supreme Court. Lord, wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Watch it happen. <sighs> okay. That is that for now. Of course, we'll be monitoring this story on a weekly basis as it develops. But uh, we got to talk. Uh, we got to tra- talk the trucker convoy in Canada. And um, this I got to pronounce it correctly. Fuck a boot and find out. Canadian Gad- Gadsden flag is my favorite meme of the week. This is fantastic. The Canada goose is everywhere. Canada geese. I got to say it correctly. Geese. Uh, yeah, yeah. Should we break first or do you want to get right into it? Uh, it's a little bit early for a break, although this will okay. be kind of a long segment, but that's fine. We're doing okay on. Super yeah. Chat, so let's yeah. Just let's do let's it. keep it going. What's um, so what like what are the facts of the uh, of the. The trucker convoy and protest over the weekend. Yeah, I don't know. We were talking about this before the show, but I'm starting to whole thing to think that this entire thing might just be a psyop. Hmm. Like they're gonna they're gonna weave some terrorist attack into it or something. Like <laughs> something's going on here. They're trying. I they're trying to it make is. it terroristy. But at the same time, I feel like and then know, Elon I look at, like, Musk the... is commenting on yeah. all of this. It's just like I'm, uh, this feels inorganic. I don't know. But it's like with the Robert Malone interview, too. I want to be able to look at something and just say, good, I'm glad, instead of thinking, yeah. no, I won't be duped into appreciating this because they want they want me to appreciate this. So I can't. I know. So this convoy. I don't want to be that jaded. 40 miles long. We are that jaded. though. I know. But I want to enjoy the moment. And this is one of those moments that should be enjoyed after two disastrous I years. I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. Close to a thousand vehicles coming into Ottawa from the west including 230 tractor trailers and tractors. Police also believe up to 200 vehicles are rolling uh, into Ottawa from Eastern Canada. And 2,000 people are expected to cross on foot uh, to Quebec. So I don't believe any of these numbers. Uh, And I was looking desperately to see how many people were at any given protest. And the only thing, the only figure I found anywhere after like 30 minutes of researching, police said that 10,000 protesters were present and then i saw that in one Ottawa? picture yeah no there's way more no it I, I i was never good at the jelly beans in the jar thing but like yeah. there's like a hundred a hundred thousand people there or something yeah. like that right i couldn't I tell be, anyway we'll he, see we'll see the images in a moment i would say tens of thousands comfortably tens of thousands it's blocks yeah. and blocks yeah. yeah um this gofundme page for the protest has raised more than eight million dollars i can't cow. believe that's the other thing gofundme is allowing this Kind of. Weren't they? Um, they were holding up the money under the claim that they don't know who to give it to and they need to yeah, evaluate. But they they allowed the fundraiser to go on for a long time, which I find suspicious. Normally, they the shut same, that shit down really fast. I guess. But at the same time, in this case, there's no plausible reason to. They're just truck drivers and regular people. They're trying hard to do the extremist connection, as we'll get to in a minute. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, for them to shut this down would be so blatantly political, so blatantly partisan. I think it's maybe just a bridge too far for them. They were desperately trying to shut down these protests. So um, in Nova Scotia, they made it illegal for people to gather along a highway to support the truckers. And those who disobeyed <laughs> faced fines between $3,000 and $10,000. And any corporations involved faced fines between 20000 and 100000 what does that mean? Corporations involved? What would they do? I don't know. I guess like if you have your company, like, I don't know, like <laughs> Exxon loves you or whatever. McDonald's gives them a free lunch or something like that. I, I suppose. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I really don't know what to say about this. It remains to be seen, but I am suspicious that there are larger forces at play. 90% of the truck drivers are already vaccinated. 
Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you can't oppose all of this nonsense on principle. The the constituency of people who are vaccinated but have had enough of the mandates is is quite large, actually. And but they're so, Canadians. Yeah, but they've also been pushed a long way. They've they've endured a, a long winter of bullshit so far, and maybe they've finally had enough. Finally had enough Canadians. This doesn't compute. <laughs> Contradiction for me. in terms. Well. At a press conference on Wednesday, Trudeau, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, called the convoy a small fringe minority with unacceptable views. The small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing do not represent the views of Canadians who have been there for each other, who know that following the science and stepping up to protect each other is the best way to continue to ensure our freedoms, our rights, our values as a country. Unacceptable views, a statement uttered from a government podium. That is very ominous, but okay. Uh, Whether you believe the uh, media report that it was 10,000 people or police report rather that it was 10,000 people who were present or Justin Trudeau, who says it's a small fringe minority, Here are some images from Canada's capital city of Ottawa over the weekend. You can decide if this qualifies as a big crowd of people or not. That is a shitload of people. The known terrorist anthem of O Canada. Check out this angle drone flying overhead and it's just the length of this crowd too. It goes on and on and on for blocks. And so do the trucks participating in the convoy. Apparently this convoy was what, like 40 miles long 40 miles at some long, point. Yeah. Some people are saying the longest or largest convoy in the world ever. In, ever. Yeah. I mean, clearly the support is organic. I should be clear. I but think so. I have no reason to believe otherwise. That- this is going to get hijacked by some corporate or government interests. The the plants and the smearing attempts are well underway. So, But it appears that those participating are vigilant against that sort of thing. So you, you have two ways of discrediting. One is the media coverage and two is putting provocateurs into the into the crowd. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, the media are uh, a lot of media coverage is going to say that. um That this is a, a whole bunch of extremists. And you've seen uh, a lot of those claims in. Uh, in Canadian reporting over the weekend. So this is an example from the CBC. Uh, Trucker convoy needs to lose extremist rhetoric, says association head as group reaches Toronto. So this is, this is it. Oh, it's not organic. It, the truckers actually oppose it because we found like a guy who drives a truck or leads a trucking organization who says he saw someone he didn't like. So this, this is the quote from the story. While many in the crowd held signs against the mandate, some appeared to be more on the fringe, holding signs like join or die. And liberty or death. Okay. One supporter was seen draped in the flag of the recently designated terrorist group, the Proud Boys. They found a Proud Boy guy and other people with 
historical flags of the American Revolution. And that those flags are now terrorist symbols. Hmm. American Revolutionary flags. There was this piece in the CBC also. Wow, that's weird. Large number of donations to support the convoy come from anonymous, unnamed donors or people using aliases. At least a third of the donations to the GoFundMe campaign uh, came from anonymous sources or were attributed to fake names, according to an analysis by CBC News. Right, because if people put their real name on it, you guys dig up who they are. Would destroy their lives. <laughs> and yeah. get them fired. That's That's why. So you guys create this effect by smearing anybody who openly contributes to such things and yeah. then when they don't want to do that under their real names well that's evidence of suspicious activity yeah very clever yeah. and then this I, they're trying so hard to make it um violent or like it's vandalism or something as we saw in the earlier report there's no report uh, ottawa police report no injuries no incidents of violence there, yeah. there was none but there was uh vandalism or a stunt of vandalism. That's how it's being characterized in some reports. Suddenly we care about statues again. We don't care about the ones that are forcibly ripped from their base and destroyed or otherwise um, defaced or vandalized. We do care about this statue of uh, Terry Fox outside of parliament. The, uh, the unruly mob draped a Canadian flag over the statue reports the downright uh, disrespectful Toronto star. <laughs> they, they defaced it by putting a Canadian flag on it and a sign. They didn't write this on there. They just put a sign in his arms that says mandate freedom. Multi according to this report, multiple people took to social media to call out what happened to the statue. Uh, said one man, I'm the mayor of Terry Fox's hometown. Terry Fox was a, an athlete who had cancer and became mm -hmm. a cancer research advocate. I'm the mayor of Terry Fox's hometown. He's our city's hero, national inspiration, and a unifier. This is Brad West, the mayor of Port Coquitlam. Apology for mispronunciation, but that's in British Columbia. Whatever your cause, you go. You don't get to appropriate his legacy, and you don't touch his statue ever. This should be removed immediately. This, he's referring to as the Canadian flag. That should be removed immediately. And, um... The, most preposterously, that's not even the most ridiculous stuff from the CBC and, and the rest. Uh, a CBC reporter interviewed the Canadian Minister of Public Safety, Marco Mendocino. And Mendocino said the convoy protesters are a bunch of extremists carrying Confederate flags. And the CBC reporter asked if Russia is behind the convoy. This whole thing is a Russian op. Get this. I think we can draw some bright lines around those who are wantonly spreading lies and hate. We've already seen... Um, people who are equating vaccine mandates to uh, an ushering in of a new era of, like Nazi Germany. We're seeing uh, the flying of Confederate flags and we're seeing, frankly, some organizers uh, incite others to overthrow the government through violence. And and frankly, there's just too much of that for the leaders of this convoy, which is not about freedom. And it's certainly not about truckers. And I know that and I think we all know that because truckers have put some significant distance between themselves and this convoy. Given Canada's support of Ukraine, in this current crisis with Russia, it, I don't know if it's far-fetched to ask, but but there is concern that Russian actors could be continuing to fuel things uh, as this as this protest grows, but perhaps even instigating it from from the outset. Okay, so it is. Um, it's not far-fetched to think that this whole thing is a massive Russian op, but it's totally preposterous to believe 
that this many people could just value basic uh, freedom and value right. basic rights not to be uh, stabbed against their will. There's just no way that this many people could authentically believe that this Corona crap is a bunch of nonsense and that the government has no legitimate business forcing a vaccine on you. That is just beyond belief. But Vladimir Putin somehow wrangled like tens of thousands of people to participate in this uh, miles and miles long convoy uh, because he has I guess this is his best way to undermine the the Ukrainian defenses. Yeah. He could just roll into Ukraine right now, but instead he has to weaken their Canadian support through orchestrating a, a convoy. They're really trying to spin this. I This wouldn't have even occurred to me if the current political climate surrounding Russia wasn't so volatile. Uh, that's a next level stretch, but they're going for it. Uh, about the um, Confederate flag that he referenced. Did you also see reports of a Nazi flag? What I've heard them describe and what I have seen images of is people calling the Canadian government Nazis, calling the mandate maker, ma- the makers of the mandates Nazis. Not uh, it's the same way, like with Gretchen Whitmer at the protests at the Michigan State Capitol. They had people with signs that said Whitler with her with a Hitler mustache. Right, right, right. Yeah. And they made that sound like it was pro Hitler, but they were calling the authority Hitler. Okay. Yeah. And actually, there's another thing I forgot to on that topic. There's a, f- a thing I forgot to put in the notes and I don't have it. I wish I did. But the Washington Post put out a cartoon this weekend that had it was a convoy of trucks and all the trucks said fascist. And number one, I don't even get the joke. But two, I'm, I'm, what is the what's the premise here that opposing authority is fascism? It was ridiculous. Yeah, you should check it out. More information than that. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it just think of it as a sophisticated leftist meme. They can't yeah. do basic memes on Twitter. They certainly can't do sophisticated political cartoons in the pages of the Washington Post. Uh, but anyway, so the guy mentions the Confederate flag. There is this one guy around Parliament carrying around this Confederate flag. And funny, his his face is fully covered with a mask. Also funny, he has his Ray own. Epps? He either has his own photographer, as you can see in the photo here kind of in the middle of the screen, or he has a media guy who is only interested in photographing him to feature him in whatever report is being written. And uh, the the crowd kind of shunned this guy and, and got him out of there. But I have not seen, this is the only evidence of Confederate flags I've seen is one guy. And as far as I know, we don't know who this guy is. He was also by himself, according to reports from the scene. Mm. So who is he? He he does seem like uh, Canadian Ray Apps of sorts. You're right. Maybe it's just Ray Apps. It might be. <laughs> Maybe he's been hired for this one. And then uh, hostile reporters are also going after conservative members of parliament who support uh, this convoy. This is a clip of uh, member of parliament Pierre Poyev. I think is how you say his name. It's a French name. So my apology for the butchered pronunciation. But he's responding to the media's accusations of extremism. Extreme elements trying to latch onto the truck convoy. 
Well, you know what I think is interesting is that when there's a left-wing protest on Parliament Hill, we don't see the liberal media going through every single name of the people who attends to try and find one person that they can disparage the whole group with. CBC, for example, has been accused by its own employees of systemic racism, and yet we don't see the media here generalize that everyone who works at the CBC is a racist. But that doesn't mean we disparage thousands of hard-working, law-abiding, and peaceful truckers who quite frankly have kept all of you alive the last two years by filling your grocery shelves with the food that you eat and filling your homes with the products that you rely upon. Yeah. And that's really it, isn't it? It's just like the nurses yesteryear's um, uh, essential worker heroes are now today's terrorists because they would prefer to have a country where the authorities don't force them to, inject foreign substances at their whim. And um, I mentioned at the top of the segment, Justin Trudeau is nowhere to be found. He is apparently in hiding. He was last seen calling this a small fringe minority. And then the small fringe minority showed up right. and he's gone. I got exposed to COVID. I got to go. Yeah. He, uh, on Thursday, he announced that he's entering five days of very conveniently timed isolation after quote unquote exposure to coronavirus apparently one of his kids tested positive justin trudeau is triple vaccinated and has not tested positive on multiple tests and by the way per canada's coronavirus guidelines mere exposure for a fully vaccinated person does not necessitate isolation he is doing this on an elective basis yeah so he probably should have just said that he had covid I'm surprised He's they didn't lie. just say say that. Yeah. yeah. But that would be more plausible. This is not necessary per their own guidance. Right. And now uh, the, the influence of this appears to be spreading. There's talk of American truckers doing this from California to D.C. There is a Facebook group now uh, 70,000 members, at least so long as Lord Zuck allows. No date is set yet, but the goal is to reproduce Canada's event and have a giant American convoy across the country from the West Coast to Washington. We'll see if that materializes. How do you think and we'll behave differently? In the Americans? Yeah. I think there'll it would be prob- more Fed activity, I bet. That's the only thing I would predict, perhaps. Other than that, I think it would go pretty much the same because mm. it's largely the same kind of people, um, you know, blue collar people who just want to work their job honestly. And they're right. not looking to be violent or cause a ruckus. They just want to be left the hell alone. So I don't know what the federal in, uh, let's put it this way. I don't know if the Mounties in Canada are as aggressive as the US FBI. That's probably the one variable that would change. You're right. So, yeah. I would uh, I would certainly be on Fed watch if I was involved in the convoy and in Canada, it appears that they are whether they're feds or whether they're just agent provocateurs. They're being shunned. They're not being they're not they're not part of the crowd, regardless of if they're authentic or if they're planted. And then there's also talk of um, this happening in Australia, too. It was reported that Australian truckers are uh, trying to organize something similar. So we'll see if that uh, materializes also. But that's it on the uh, on the trucker story. I, I've, I've received um, a lot of videos and photos from some of you who have been involved. So I will be taking a look at my email inbox tomorrow at all your photos and videos. And thanks for sending those my way. I appreciate it. And I'm just glad to see this sort of thing. <laughs> I'm glad to see it happen anywhere. But um, 
And I wish I, I hope something like this happens in our country, too. But Canada has been so thoroughly abused and so thoroughly complacent with a lot of this stuff that it's nice mm-hmm. to see that pushback. I, I was, uh, yeah. it was a nice white pill. It was a nice piece of enthusiasm for the week. So, uh, applause. What are people going to do involved. when, when people start starving? Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, exactly. It's like, do you, especially in, in remote parts of Canada, maybe if you're in Toronto, you can, uh, I don't know, raid uh, the grocery stores and all the drug stores for food and supplies like it's a zombie apocalypse movie or something. But if you live in remote Rural Saskatchewan, you, yeah, you're if you're not growing anything, which I, it would be difficult to they have such a short growing season, right? Yeah, I, I hope you have uh, I hope you have some rifles so you can hunt caribou or whatever. <laughs> Scary. But um, but yeah. We will uh, check back with that story as well. If uh, if more if Justin Trudeau emerges from hiding and has anything to say about this fringe minority of terrorists who overtook Canada's capital over the weekend. Yeah, but we are um, uh, through the first hour. Perfect timing for a break. Sure. Big donation from Holden Mulray. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things he made were made through him and without him. Was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. That's John chapter one. I am not going to be niggardly. Thank you for that. Well, thank you, Holden. Appreciate it. Can we say niggardly after we read a Bible verse? Okay. (laughs) We didn't until you did. Bernie Sanders did. Bernie. Slosher says, Falk a boot and find oot. Exactly. My favorite meme of the weekend. Stupid Canadians. Uh, Kevin Smith. I don't spread rumors. I start them. Trudeau is hiding in Cuba with his uncle Raul. He's wearing blackface to disguise his identity, and he has been on hold for the past two hours waiting for Klaus Schwab to answer his phone. I don't doubt any of that. I find, seriously speaking, I find the Castro theory about Trudeau to be up there in some of the more believable tinfoil theories right up there with uh, michael robinson and the rest of them yeah i've seen uh, it, a it, giant it, penis badge <laughs> i don't know something's up but the side by side of um fidel and justin i know it's very compelling yeah, it's very it's compelling. weird <laughs> that. so i yeah. bought pn a giant donation thank you so much after two years of meh I finally have some good stuff to celebrate with my favorite podcast duo over the last week. I got promoted a nice bonus and my employer seems to be backing off of their no jab, no job stance. Just thought I'd share the wealth. That's so great well, to hear. Well, thank you I very much. I feel like people that have persevered up to this You're point, very that they're going to start being able to turn it around a little bit. I hope so. And I, I take that to mean that probably you stuck it out and you stuck to your guns and you didn't want to uh, submit to this. And hopefully you have won in the end. And um, you stuck up for what you believe in and, and you got a nice raise to go with it. That is an awesome story that's awesome. if that's what and happened. If you haven't been fired by this point. You must be a pretty essential employee. Right? I got to imagine that they would. St- yeah, I, the, to get fired this late in the game would be pretty weird, weird. for that reason. Yeah. So Robin maybe D. you held oh, out long enough. Congratulations. Good job. Appreciate yeah, it. People in the military should do the same. Robin D. Banks, Klaus, Klaus, stop ignoring my calls. All the shoe polish in the world can't save me now. I'm fleeing the country. I've done everything you asked me. Help me, bro. Justin, true <laughs> dope. 2022 colorized. <laughs> uh, an appeal to the World Economic Forum. Is that, yep. uh, you know, uh, I did see a report and it was just a tweet from what I consider to be kind of a suspect account. So don't, that's the reason I didn't bring it up and present it as true. But there are claims out there that I think should be 
we should be skeptical of. But I just think it's interesting. There are claims that he's hiding in the U.S., that we have given him refuge. Justin Ooh. Trudeau. Wouldn't that be something? If he's hanging out with Joe Biden and they're playing Xbox in the basement right now or something, maybe. <gasps> Ugh. Daniel Kunkel. Nebraska 17th state to pass a convention of states measure. 34 states required for a convention. They want an amendment to limit Fed spending, term limits, etc. I hope more states step up, wait and see. That's good news. And we got into this. We had a question about this on Wednesday. We're I'm never surprised get to 34. it's not more. And it, yeah. as the questioner mentioned on, on Wednesday, there is in a lot of uh, strongly Republican held state legislatures, the support is not as present as you might think. And I find that very bizarre, both for people who have a small government philosophy or at least claim to also people who are in state legislatures. Yeah. Even if you want power for yourself, even if you're just self-interested, why would you not want to return power to the states to do that? Right. Yeah. For that reason. Probably because they're so, secret swamp creatures. Something there's mm. some weirdness afoot and we are only halfway to the 34, um, to the 34 state threshold to get a convention of states and amend the constitution. Uh, it's going to be a while. Don't count on that anytime soon, but it, it, yeah. I'm just baffled by the idea that these uh, state Republican representatives are seemingly less interested in it than they yeah. should be. Yep. Uh, Chris guard, Morbikai, Matt, I only just heard your hurtful, bigoted comments about the life of Brian. I give you my heart and soul <laughs> and music, and this is how you act deeply subversive, sir. Deeply subversive anti-Python propaganda. I won't stand for it. Wow. You and everybody else in the comments, man. Skag was just getting just ripped. Oh, I do need to mention my dad on last week's podcast, his, uh, because I couldn't pin it. I told him I would pin it. His uh, username is Vanster. And you guys should all go and search and read his comment and comment on his comment from last week. He commented a novel on on last week's episode. Yes, yes, I he did. I would pin it, but we have our um, our timestamps pinned. But we and have our timestamps pinned, yeah. A listener who does that work for us, so I hate to just remove her work. Otherwise, right, I'm not right. trying to bury it. I would pin it, and maybe I should but make I don't an want exception it to get buried. So if we get enough people to comment on it, to read his comment. Or just upvote it. it, and I don't... And then it'll go to the top. Or downvote it, because it's wrong. Vanster. But, uh, you can't but yeah, downvote anything anymore. You can't downvote... Or wait, no, YouTube did YouTube not have downvote comments? Am I thinking something They did else? long ago. Oh. But they haven't in a very long time. Okay, we should uh, Anyway, that. shout out to Chris, of course, our Susan Wiki Wiki music guy, but um Wiki. That's Chris in Australia, but you're wrong about Monty Python. I still hope that the Australian authorities don't put you in the very nice quarantine camp anytime soon. <laughs> We'll circle anyway. back on these. Okay, let me uh, check in with... Uh, actually, we have... Uh, let's see. Some to check in on over on DLive. Uh, Dabu, appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, we're, uh, we're good over there. Thank you guys for listening on DLive. And let me check in with Tippy Stream, and then we'll get back to the news. What do we got here? I always need to prepare Tippy Stream ahead of time, so I... It's like reloading this and then trying to read their ridiculous presentation is always an impossible task. But here we go. Uh, Attack Alpaca says, these are crazy days after the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. For anyone who isn't aware of how unexpected that is, it's about as crazy as Monica Lewinsky running for president and making it to the general election. Though These days, I could believe that uh, potentially. I don't know what Um, that means. I, I... uh, the Bengals are a very they've been very bad for a very long time and they're going to the Super Bowl 
And I guess I'm just looking now. The Rams apparently beat the 49ers. The 49ers were leading, uh, leading that whole game. But something crazy must have happened in the end. So, which is a good time to remind everyone. The Super Bowl is in two weeks. As usual, we'll do the show after the Super Bowl, which will put that Sunday show about an hour behind schedule on what day is that? February 13th, I think. Just be aware of that for Super Bowl Sunday. But uh, anyway, a Nacho Wife says, please wish my sauna-loving husband a happy birthday. He's wiki, wiki, wicked smart. That's a term <laughs> I've never heard before, but uh, I'll take that. Uh, happy happy birthday to Nacho birthday. Wife's husband. Is his name Nacho or does he like nachos? Um, Probably his name is not Nacho. Sauna-loving. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been in a sauna. Saunas are cool, but public saunas are gross. No, I no, like the concept hot. of them, but I don't want to go. Who wants to be hot? Who chooses to be hot voluntarily? It's insane. I just think like uh, whether it's through exercise or if it's just through heat, I think there's a lot of value in in sweating toxins out of your body. Just kind of theoretically. I buy into there's that. No scientific basis for that. It just it just feels good. Oh, you know? gross. Phil says, oh, I got to be careful because Phil is tweeting about or tweeting uh, chatting about monkeys. And monkeys, of course, Uh-oh. are part of the story, the CDC truck story. They weren't monkeys. Those weren't monkeys. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, well, uh, Phil says that they were Bigfoots. They were Bigfoots, uh, junior Bigfoots, to help deal with the coyote problems, says okay. Phil. Uh I think that's the best I can do. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate a good Bigfoot joke. Although, like I like I will always say, I prefer the term big feet for plural Bigfoot. But we can accept Bigfoots. <laughs> Phil says these boomers getting butt hurt over Rogan's podcast has me LMAO. I'm laughing my ass off. They won't realize the world doesn't revolve around them until the affirmative action hire puts the pillow over their face. <laughs> I don't know if I should have read that one. Thought it was going to be a Supreme Court <laughs> joke. Instead, it was a nursing home joke. But, well, who knows? The new justice might put a pillow over their face, metaphorically. But at least we don't have to hear their music in the meantime. Yeah, I, I we'll get to that a little bit later. I don't have a ton to say about it, but I do appreciate all these really old musicians emerging from beyond the grave. And every yeah. single one that comes out, you think, you're still alive? I thought you died like 10 years ago. Yeah. Not only am I still alive, I still have music, too. It's really? Yeah, because I want to listen to Neil Young's new stuff. Apparently. Well, keep on rocking in the free world. That's dead. Keep on submitting in the no longer free world. I don't know if he's going to come out with that release anytime soon. But um, but we will uh, circle back to your chats later in the show. Thank you, guys. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. And we'll get back into the news, which uh, is uh, flashback to what, 2019? It's um, not just Ukraine time, it's Ukraine phone call time. And there's another presidential controversy about a Ukrainian phone call. Was that 2019? Yeah, fall 2019. Now, uh, tensions, of course, at the Russia-Ukraine border remain high. 8,500 U.S. troops remain on heightened alert for deployment to Eastern Europe. And it appears a rift is emerging in how urgent the U.S. and Ukraine consider the situation. In a now disputed report, CNN said that a phone call between Biden and Ukrainian President Zelensky, who, yes, is the same Ukrainian president who was on the phone with Trump way back then, same guy, 
Uh, CNN reported that phone call with Biden went poorly with Biden warning Zelensky that uh, Russian invasion is highly likely or uh, basically assured to to happen before the end of February and that the Ukrainian capital of Kiev could be sacked and occupied by Russians. Now, Zelensky reportedly uh, disagreed with this assessment. On the one hand, you've got President Biden. This is according to an official who briefed me on the, on the conversation that was had on the telephone call uh, this evening. On the one hand, President Biden saying the threat is imminent. The Ukrainians pushing back on that, saying that the, uh, the threat, according to their intelligence analysts, is a bit more ambiguous than that. And it's, a, it's possible that there won't be an invasion, whereas uh, President Biden apparently telling his Ukrainian counterpart that an invasion was virtually certain later on in February when the ground uh, becomes uh, uh, more frozen in this country. He went on to say that he, he warned the Ukrainian uh, leader that the capital, Kiev, this city here, uh, could be sacked. And that, that's, that's the word he apparently used, according to this uh, Ukrainian official, sacked by Russian forces, who he said may attempt to occupy it. Now, this talk about the frozen ground, as far as I understand, is for effective movement of Russian armor or tanks. Okay. That's why. But the White House is denying this report, calling it, quote, completely false. Zelensky, the Ukrainian president, has not confirmed the contents of that report either. Instead, tweeting, quote, had a long phone conversation with Joe Biden, discussed recent diplomatic efforts of de-escalation and agreed on joint actions for the future. Thanked President Biden for the ongoing military assistance. Possibilities for financial support to Ukraine were also discussed. Now, as I mentioned, recall that two and a half years ago, it was a less than perfect phone call with the very same guy, Ukrainian President Zelensky, that was the basis for the first impeachment of then President Trump. But the demand is now the same. Well, the demand back then from Joe Biden himself was what? Release the transcript. Release the transcript. And then the transcript came out. We all analyzed it and it seemed like nothing, but that was the basis to impeach the president. We all went through that for, God, like a third of the year, like four months yeah. or something like that. Yes, we did. Yeah. Well, the demand remains, but this time the political allegiances are reversed. The House GOP and others are now demanding the release of this call transcript. The White House released just a brief readout of the call on Thursday, but that is not actually a transcript. It's just a paragraph describing the conversation without actually quoting anything. So. CNN uh, has their report out. Do you believe CNN? Do you believe Joe Biden's denial? I don't really believe either, but we don't have anything to look at to evaluate what was actually said. And Zelensky says uh, that this war hype by international leaders and and media, and you can infer if he means Joe Biden and CNN or not. But he says he doesn't like all this stirring up of controversy because he says it's causing damage to Ukraine in a follow up press conference on Friday. Zelensky said that the panic caused by predictions of imminent war with Russia has cost Ukraine $437 million in foreign investment. Zelensky is characterizing his relationship with Biden as friendly and productive, but he did say, quote, I mentioned this to President Biden. We need to stabilize the economy of our country because of those signals which say that tomorrow there will be war uh, because those signals were sent by even leaders of the respected countries. Sometimes they are not even using diplomatic language. They are saying tomorrow is the war. This means panic on the market, panic in the financial sector. How much does it cost our country? Zelensky asked. Now, is that an accusation against Biden or other world leaders? Well, 
you be the judge. But whatever's going on here, Ukraine doesn't seem as convinced as other parts of the world, including our own president, that Russian invasion and war is as imminent as many are claiming. And indeed, we are now on what week two or three of this talk of uh, supposed imminent war coming. And I guess we're supposed to believe it is imminent. They just need the ice properly frozen to drive the tanks. But once that happens, Vlad is why doesn't Vlad just ride over shirtless on his horse in the middle of winter? He seems like that kind of guy. What do you think is going to happen? I, I just don't, what I think this is. And again, uh, I mean, I mentioned this last week and a little bit on Wednesday, By no means am I any sort of expert or do I even have any sort of good understanding about the political relationships in this part of the world. But I think this is mostly just a flex on the part of Vlad. And I don't think that he's going to be foolish enough to just outright invade another country in this way, knowing how badly it's going to piss off all of Europe and the United States. He's not a highly impulsive individual. No. On the world stage, he's he's made out like he's this um, like this totally impulsive character and you can't you can't reason with him and i I don't see any evidence that he's like that listen to his interviews i don't think that he's a good guy but he uh he's very snarky and even remember those interviews where he was asked about killing of political enemies and and censorship in russia and he made a bunch of like jokes about zuckerberg and he snapped back with a whole bunch of stuff i'm not a member of the vladimir putin fan club but he gets it. He knows. He does get and, it. Yeah. And he does know strategy. And I think that there's some political strategy to this beyond just I'm going to uh, incite World War Three because reasons. Now, again, that is my totally unqualified analysis of whatever's going on there. But do I trust <laughs> the people in Washington, D.C. to get this right and not drag us into an unnecessary conflict? Their intent is probably to drag us into an unnecessary conflict. That's so, true. And I do think that on the right, we have this tendency to um, kind of idolize him for his strong male leadership while forgetting that he, too, is a highly corrupt oligarch. So we need to keep that in mind. Yeah. I find him very attractive. So it's very difficult for me to (laughs) assess what his, uh, you know, the efficacy of his policies. It's all the energy. It's just the energy makes up for that weird presentation. like, Like. to concentrated sperm energy that guy. just imagine if he had ian smith's beard my god you wouldn't be able to control yourself i don't you know he's not even tall how yeah he probably isn't what do you know his height you, no see. i know I, I bet ian smith is tall um putin is five seven and i still find him attractive wow that's how good all right ian smith height <laughs> we could we could just ask him you know, we he's could. been on the show before. Why don't we just get him back and have him Listen, come clean? I can't. I, I barely said anything during that interview. I can't just be like, so how tall are you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to talk about the stupid son of a bitch moment because we are a little bit tight on time. And I sort of expected to give this more time, but it's already buried in the week's news. And since it happened on Monday, it's kind of behind in in the um, in the uh, well, all the rest of the week's news anyway. So, but I, but I didn't want to let it pass because it, it's just a, such a ridiculous episode of silliness and hypocrisy. I'm sure you all saw, but just in case you missed or need a reminder, the, at a White House event on the economy early in the week, Peter Ducey of Fox News was asking Biden about inflation. It's hard to hear in the question, but do you think inflation is going to be a liability coming up in the midterms? And Joe Biden just says right into his podium, Mike, what a stupid son of a bitch. Do you think inflation is a political liability? 
government's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. What a great moment. Um, there's been a lot of debate about whether that was, in fact, a hot mic moment, as in unintentionally caught on a mic. It did not seem like it, which is arguably much worse. Is it just dementia? Okay, there's hot mic as in, oh, man, that microphone's on. It seems weird that I would have a hot mic moment sitting at this mic streaming for an hour plus now, and I just didn't realize, which is analogous. He was speaking in front of reporters at the podium for a long time before right. that, and he's still sitting there looking at the reporters talking to the mic. So hot mic seems kind of weird. Uh, intentional insult. Some people were speculating, oh, it's just Biden getting bold to take on his enemies. I think it's just weird dementia brain, man. I think it's just yeah. kind of out of it. He, We know he has these weird rage spurts. And I think that was just kind of an old man rage spurt. I think that's what it was. I, I am inclined to agree. Yeah, that, that's, what it, that's what it seemed like. I'd have more and, respect for him if it were a hot mic moment, but he just kind of forgot where he was. Maybe. I, I Obviously, I'm not sitting here to clutch my pearls about this and say, oh, how unbecoming of the office. I'm so offended. It's not that. But it is hilarious to watch uh, the way this developed in terms of Joe Biden's response, how this compares to how he campaigned as a candidate. And of course, the same media that told us for the entire four years of Trump's presidency that such things were unconscionable attacks on the free press. Suddenly, this is kind of a joke. If you ask the New York Times, this was a heartwarming moment among Typical foes, you know, it's just like, oh, what a jolly time. We just kind of cackle at each other and call each other sons of bitches. Okay. I mean, some of us thought that was funny the entire time, but welcome aboard, guys, I guess. Now, one defense for Biden is, oh, he apologized. He did the right thing. He called Peter Ducey and apologized. No, he did not. He called Peter Ducey and said, it's nothing personal, pal, at least according to Peter Ducey. You son Uh, of a bitch. Within about an hour of that exchange, he called my cell phone. And uh, he said, it's nothing personal, pal. Did he apologize? Uh, He cleared the air and I appreciated it. We had a nice call. How could it be anything but personal? personal. You are (laughs) a son of a bitch. He wasn't like all you journalists are sons of bitches. He was like, you, (laughs) you (laughs) specifically, you personally are a son of a bitch. Now, Joe's entire campaign, of course, was the premise was unity and decency and civility. Upon entering office, he said, I will fire anyone who disrespects colleagues. Anyone on my staff who's disrespectful fired on the spot. But I'm not joking when I say this. If you're ever working with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect, talk down to someone. I promise you I will fire you on the spot. Apparently he was joking because he didn't fire himself on the spot in this case. Uh, I forgot to mention another thing about the intent or non-intent, whether this was hot mic or not. It's in the official White House transcript. It's right there. (laughs) Quote the president. No, it's a great asset. More inflation. (laughs) What a stupid son of a bitch. And they didn't even censor it. I mean, that's it's like a part of the official communication. I guess that doesn't necessarily mean it was intentional but it seems implied what a joke we are as a country this well it's hilarious to watch of course flashback to um press freedom day of 2020 world press freedom day candidate biden said the free press is essential to a free society that's why attacking the press and attempting to intimidate independent media is a standard part of the authoritarian playbook around the world 
And it's why Donald Trump's efforts to demonize the media put us on such a dangerous path. Trump deflects legitimate questions with attacks. He bullies members of the press instead of taking responsibility for his failures. Hmm, That sounds awfully applicable here. His efforts to undermine public confidence in the integrity of reporting violate our core values and threaten our very system of government. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, All right. Then you have the journalists. Brian Stelter was one of those people. Anytime Trump said anything unkind about a member of the media, oh my God, the free press is uh, dead tomorrow. The sky is falling. Uh, In this case, um, uh, Biden deadpanned. It was just a sarcastic joke. What a stupid son of a bitch. Biden just deadpanned it. Biden's good freestyle in the comedy like that. Yeah. And similarly, I mentioned the New York Times. Read their article. Wow, uh, Joe Biden and Peter Ducey is the rivalry everyone can love. It's a sitcom now, I guess. A notably unscripted exchange between President Biden and a Fox News correspondent went viral and turned into what these days counts as a heartwarming civic moment. It turned out to be one of the most unlikely feel-good moments of Biden's time in office. What? (laughs) Feel good to him? I mean, I agree that it's funny. But yeah. the point is, I thought it was funny with Trump and no. Ugh, anyway. They clearly did not. I mean, it, God, it was we, we tried to explain that this was like a quirky part of his personality and nobody was buying it. But now they're like, oh, this is adorable. Now it's a quirky part of Biden's personality. And in the most bizarre explanation, NBC reporter Kelly O'Donnell said that um, Biden gets irritated when people ask irrelevant questions. Well, we have not heard back from the White House. We have asked about this. Reporters were asking about Ukraine because the president has not responded yet about whether he has decided to deploy U.S. troops. He made the point that he does not like when questions are asked about a subject other than the planned event, which in this case was about middle class families and the economy. Which doesn't really make sense because it was an event specifically about not just middle class families and the economy, but according to CNBC, a White House event on efforts to combat inflation. Yeah, yeah. So I Um, think what she means... They should be able to field questions outside of what they're talking about anyway. That's kind of part of the job, yeah. Yeah. But she says, oh, other reporters were asking about Ukraine. So I think what she means is that the event was about the economy. Reporters asked about Ukraine, which pissed Biden off, and then he lashed out at Ducey. Yeah. Is what she means, I guess. Bizarre. Anyway, uh, that's kind of old news at this point, so I won't... I won't go into any more detail on that, but uh, well, plus we got to talk what's going on with um, the Neil Young and Spotify and Joe Rogan news over the weekend. So this Spotify war has been raging uh, all week. And of course, Neil Young uh, self-owned by giving Spotify this ultimatum. You got to choose my music or Joe Rogan's misinformation show. You can't have both. And Spotify said, okay, well, since Rogan is probably our single biggest property and has an audience significantly larger than yours, Neil, you're gone. And they removed his music. Neil Young issued a call for other music artists to remove their music in solidarity and to stand up for truth against uh, the peddlers of misinformation. And a couple of other forgotten boomers emerged for the opportunity to remind the world that they are, in fact, not dead. So (laughs) I had to listen to a couple of songs from these people to even try to remember who they were. I don't, I don't even know, know who Niels, who the hell is that? Niels Lofgren? Apparently a member of Bruce Springsteen's, Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band. I don't know who that is. Joni Mitchell, I listened I to Joni some Joni Mitchell. Of, Both I sides li- now. I listened to some of that. I didn't recognize it. So maybe that's just me. 
and um and nobody really cares about that threat um but uh but spotify there was a threat over the weekend that spotify apparently has become responsive to james blunt of your beautiful fame he said if spotify doesn't take down joe rogan i will release new music onto the platform (laughs) and no that's obviously a joke but it's a joke from James Blunt himself. So he, uh, he really along, with said the, that? along with the Canadian goose gets uh, a round hey, of applause from me. Good that's, for him. That's, that's self-aware. Great. And he recognizes that everybody hates his music and it's super gay. <laughs> I have not heard if Nickelback. And the only thing that could make this better is if Nickelback replied, us too, do it. You know, like, yeah. That would be that would be great. Or Smash Mouth. Ugh. You know, this the Smash Mouth guy retired a couple months ago because he got drunk on stage and threatened to kill one of the people in the audience. <laughs> I saw that the video. That makes me like them so much more. Yeah, you should go check it out. <laughs> Somebody once gave me a death threat. I don't know if that's how the song went when he was singing it. But I'll kill you. It was weird. He was wasted and he called out some guy. And said, you, I will kill you. Have you ever been to a band, uh, to a show where like the, the lead singer is, is super wasted? I went to the Counting Crows concert in like 2006. And the lead singer was so fucking drunk. Like so uh-huh. drunk that I actually asked for my money back. Is that the Mr. Do they do the Mr. Jones or Miss? Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Jones, right? Yeah, yeah. That has to sound weird by a wasted guy because it's just so oh, high so wasted. And, and they're good live, but like. He changed everything so that it sounded nothing like the studio versions. It was really pissing me off. Mm. I was so furious by the end of the concert. Yeah, that's a gamble. If uh, you have, you, you don't want to meddle with your greatest hits because people, that's why people are there. I never understand that. But uh, anyway, seriously, uh, whether it was the James Blunt threat or not, Spotify did cave a little bit over the weekend. They released a statement, they being Spotify CEO Daniel Eck, I guess his name is. Uh, they it's a whole bunch of nonsense about like we have rules against misinformation and we're going to make sure our creators understand them but here's the change we are working to add a content advisory to any podcast episode that includes a discussion about COVID-19 this advisory will direct listeners to our dedicated COVID-19 hub uh, so that's just a little band-aid solution they didn't remove any of the content so no and there's no indication that they are but this is the sort of move that makes me that makes everyone hate them yeah and i say this as highly skeptical of the purity of spotify's intentions here are they doing this on a free speech principled basis or are they doing it because they paid a hundred million dollars at least for the rights to joe rogan's show and they can't go back on that business deal yeah i think it's probably the latter maybe they deserve credit for taking that deal knowing the risks in the first place i suppose but you you haven't done enough to appease the mob because you haven't done what they demand which is delete joe rogan and you've conceded enough to piss people like me off where now you're just putting some susan wiki wiki style warning below the video that says you know uh, the government says this is wrong yeah i know i can go to cdc.gov or whatever it is whenever the hell i want but i went to spotify dot whatever slash joe rogan to listen to this show so here i am yep uh okay but and you wonder is it just the mob and people all over twitter this week it's i canceled my spotify subscription look at me i'm going to apple because apple doesn't have controversial shows like this one and a million others that say all the same shit they act like apple took a principled stance against joe rogan joe rogan has an exclusive deal with spotify it's the only reason joe rogan's not on apple anymore for a hundred million dollars although yeah. it's speculative but he would his show would still be going to apple if that deal was not in place but 
what what points of pressure got to Spotify? Was it just their customers or was it government pressure? We had another case of uh, this sort of thing coming from uh, a, a, a does the CDC or the Surgeon General count as a uh, a White House official? I don't know. Someone in I guess Joe, so. Joe Biden's sphere of influence and someone within the federal government, the Surgeon General Vivek Murthy gets on MSNBC and Morning Joe and is asked about Joe Rogan's show. And he says, yeah, we got to do more to eliminate this misinformation. Dr. Murthy, what do you think are the best ways to push back on misinformation about COVID, whether it be Joe Rogan's podcast or all over Facebook? Well, Mika, it's such an important question because we can have the best science available. We can have the best public health expertise available, but it won't help people if they don't have access to accurate information. You know, something I've always believed as a doctor is that people have the right to make their own decisions, but they also have the right to have accurate information to make that decision decision with. I know when it comes to how we root out the misinformation in society right now and give people access to actual inf- accurate information, these platforms have still not stepped up to do uh, the right thing and do enough, I should say, to reduce the spread of misinformation. This is not just about what government can do. This is about companies and individuals recognizing that the only way we get past misinformation is if we are careful about what we see and we use the power that we have to limit the spread of that misinformation. Okay. Aren't you glad we took this smart Indian person from his country and then let him roam free in our country where he's doing so much good? I don't being know an his ugly immig- bastard and trying to censor everybody. How dare you? I don't know his immigration status. I don't know his I don't know his history. He's probably second generation. What's his last name? A Murthy. M-U-R-T-H-Y. Pajit nonsense. Okay. <laughs> okay. Note the double speak. Uh, people have a right to information by which he means removing information. People have a right to information. Therefore we should remove information. I agree that people have, people have a right to information, their own information or to seek their own information. That's fundamental principle of the first amendment. But is he talking about adding information or increasing accessibility to information? So removing information and people's uh, ability to, to get information. How is, And how is the CDC's quote unquote good information or the federal governments in general? How is that not accessible? Anyone can go get it whenever they want, except for a lot of the, you know, certain pieces of data and studies that don't reach the conclusions that they would like to. And sometimes those are less available very conveniently. But Mm. yeah, it's it's a very bizarre argument. Uh, People have a right to see information and make judgments for themselves. And by that, I mean, they have a right to the information that I say they should have, which is a very, uh, you know, pro freedom perspective somehow. Okay. Second generation by way of England. I see. This could have been prevented. (laughs) Uh, well, once we have queen blonde atop her vengeful tower, I don't want that job. Yeah. Uh, But uh, just a reminder though, this is a repeat uh, event from from Joe Biden's administration. We had Jen Psaki previously talking about how they flag misinformation for Facebook. We've had other episodes where the the government, someone from a government podium, is urging censorship by private actors on behalf of the government. And this is a very dicey, interesting area uh, potentially to be resolved in constitutional law. Now, of course, the government can't hire someone to censor you. But this is sort of an unofficial relationship. Hey, guys, it'd be really cool if you did this for us. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. 
And you get kind of the same effect. Now, I don't know if Spotify was acting on behalf of this guy and they haven't done the censorship yet. So I don't want to get too far ahead. But in so many contexts, it's just Joe Biden winking. Think the vaccine mandates. Yeah, we can't do this. We can't exert this force, but we have enough friends in powerful places Mm -hmm. that we can just convince them to do what would be unconstitutional for us. And you get the same effect. Interesting to watch. Anything else before we talk a a little hoax hate? Hmm. No, I wonder what their next step is going to be, though. I've got all this anticipatory anxiety because the COVID narrative seems to be fizzling a little bit and they don't seem to have the same kind of control over the population that they did. And then there's this Canadian trucker thing. So I feel like my spidey senses are tingling. It's the monkey crash. It is. We're we're due, though. And. You know, we didn't get it right, but I am proud that we sat around and thought of the same things when it, when the, uh, the the first Trump impeachment expired, the Ukraine right. impeachment. What's the next yeah. thing going to be? We did not predict coronavirus because who could have predicted all the intricacies of this? But that's true. But, but now with the, this knowledge, do you think it's going to be another virus thing? I think they're just going to go straight for the climate change initiative. I don't think it's virus, but I think a lot of the new normals that have been conditioned into us will be used in pursuit of the next thing. But this and Russia thing also, they're, they're might play into it. We, all, we are about due because the way yeah. Omicron is going and the way public opinion is going, you can't just roll out another variant. It's the people don't buy it anymore. It's gotta be yeah. a new thing. We are on the cusp of the new thing. I wish I had the foresight to predict that, but I, I just, I think you're right that it's a, a, a transition period that we are entering here. But even the vaccine thing, I don't think they're going to be able to enforce that with the fervor that they anticipated they were going to be able to. So hmm. so now I'm just kind of at a loss. I hate this feeling, this in-between feeling. Well, were the vaccine mandates the end or were the vaccine mandates conditioning for a next step? What What are we potentially running into? But if they were going to condition us using vaccine mandates, then the next thing should be virus related. That's very specific conditioning. Um, I, I suppose, um, but maybe it's broader than that. Maybe it's just we threaten your livelihood unless you do behavior A, B, or C, and you just plug in whatever behavior it is that you want to see. Yeah, okay. You can you can apply it to many different things, and when people think that's normal and they come to accept it, it's a pretty useful tool, broadly. I guess I'll prepare for some other nondescript calamity in our near future. <laughs> well, that is a uh, that's a guarantee. That's not even a good bet. That is a guarantee. There's I want to believe that we roll into November and these people get wrecked in the election and then think about all the f- mistakes that they made and we come out better for it. But uh, I you know, rosy <laughs> glasses so me. That's oh, no, that's I, I can't get that rosy. I don't think you're going to be, be able to carry your optimism through another year. I think that this is the year that that your soul this, just gets somebody takes a probably big dump m- on your soul. Make or break. Um, it's a big year. And so far, <laughs> so far, so good. There's been positive developments. I like 22 so far. I think we're kind of on a nice trajectory, but it's it's upward from near rock bottom. So it's hard to gauge if that's good or not. But you can always what I've learned in AA is you can always go lower than what you previously thought your rock. bottom. Yeah, exactly. Was. And I feel like am I looking mm-hmm. at the, the immediate future positively because it's not quite as bad as the things in the rearview mirror. <laughs> But if I looked at the status quo from my perspective two to three years ago, I would have thought all of this stuff is completely unbelievable yeah. and absolute nonsense yeah. and a total hellscape. 
Mm-hmm. So have I speaking of the conditioning, have I been conditioned to sort of accept? No, a lot you're of just uh, you're just a really stable person. So you've been able to keep your baseline level of personal joy and happiness relatively high in the wake of just the world falling around, falling, you know, at your feet. Yeah, maybe. You be proud of yourself. Thankfully, we are both kind of insulated from the worst excesses of this nonsense by yeah. virtue of where we live. So I'm going to Seattle too. next week, so we'll see. Well, I would look forward to that report. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, that means uh, next week's uh, not hoax hate crime will come straight out of Seattle once Blonde is done uh, vanquishing her enemies. But for this week, we have hoax hate crime of the week. <laughs> Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? This is a really important and fascinating story published in the Washington Post over the weekend. I'm glad I, I saw it because it speaks to broad themes of this segment. And even though we do this segment every single week, almost, and we have for years, and sometimes there are more stories than I can even fit into the segment. Um, almost never have we had something we thought was a hoax turn out to be 100% real. It has happened, but rarely. And so the counter narrative is always, okay, sure, there are hoaxes, but the hoaxes are rare and there are thousands more real hate crimes. On an annual basis, thousands more real hate crimes than hoaxes. Well, that's just contention. You you can't really quantify that. And if they want to cite the data, usually that goes through the FBI's national hate crime data set. But the thing about the FBI hate crimes data set, it has a lot of limitations that have to be acknowledged. Number one, those are raw numbers. They're not adjusted for population. And even the raw numbers are lower now than they were, say, a decade ago. Mm-hmm. So even you might be able to see a, a slight increase in the FBI's hate crime statistics, but relative to 10, 15 years ago, it's actually down. And that's with increasing population. So that's a problem for the narrative. Um, the number of police agencies participating in the FBI hate crimes data varies by year. So even the FBI, if you read the fine print of their data set, says they, they caution against comparing year on year because you have different numbers of reporting agencies participating year to year. If you have more agencies participating, of course, you're going to see more hate crimes reported. And I use the word report intentionally there because the FBI data are simply that they're reports. They are not completed investigations. They are not convictions in a court of law. And there's no comparable data on the hoaxes so we say well there's so many more real ones than hoaxes well we don't have an fbi data set on hoaxes right we have the chronicling of this show and some others but we don't have an apples to apples comparison to say which one is actually more all of that context is why this story in the washington post is so interesting and important because it gives some quantification to that hoax to real hate crime ratio so according to this report from the Washington Post, it's, it's uh, published yesterday. In 2020, New Jersey state officials said there were 1,441 bias incidents or hate crimes, as they call them, in the state throughout the year. The story reads, uh, Representative Andy Kim, who coincidentally is the guy that Ian Smith is now running against, 
the right. incumbent Democrat in New Jersey. Andy Kim, who is Korean American, described his five year old son being called a China boy at daycare. Then State Attorney General Gubir Grewal, a Sikh American once dubbed Turban Man. <laughs> By a conservative <laughs> radio host said it's a hate problem we have in this country and it's manifesting in this state. And if that first one, well, really, if neither of those China boy or turban man, if that doesn't sound like a hate crime, even if it's true, um, that's, that's sort of, of the point. This yeah. is such a polite new generation. They're not yeah. calling kids chinks. They're calling them China boys. It's, it's very. Yeah, it, you're it's right. Very, very nice. Historically polite. There are a lot of um, that's the point, uh, you know, as this segment chronicles, there are a lot of bogus claims that, number one, probably aren't true. But number two, even if true, certainly aren't crimes. And so, according the story reads on FBI analysts compiling an annual hate crimes report combed through New Jersey's incident reports and determined that three hundred and eighty nine hate crimes were committed in 2020. Again, original report from New Jersey state officials, one thousand four hundred forty one. The FBI takes a baseline level look and concludes, mm, no. 389 hate crimes in 2020. That's a significant drop from the previous year and about 27% yeah. of what local law enforcement had recorded. The rest, quote, did not meet the definition of hate crime as used by the FBI. The agency said in a statement that the uh, to the Washington Post, some harassment didn't rise to the level of intimidation and some suspected bias incidents lacked evidence. In some cases, local investigations found no offense had occurred. The discrepancy highlights the difficulties of tracking public levels of hate in the United States amid rising threats of white supremacy and a national reckoning over racial justice. This is a key quote. It also points to sharp divides over what should constitute a hate crime and whether incidents that are not considered criminal should still be cataloged. Why? Why on earth would you do that? They're not considered criminal. <laughs> they're, they're by definition not crimes. There's if a second component to that term hate crime hate is uh it describes the, the type of what the crime the type of crime <laughs> so yeah. uh no if it is not a crime it is by definition not a hate crime and it shouldn't it's just be hate. are they going to try to make it illegal to hate uh, it seems like we're on that, that society path. okay just to re <laughs> yeah i yeah I, I that's a fair that's a fair assessment i would say it is <laughs> um, our god-given right to hate things it, and people and seriously speaking it is and uh there are appropriate applications for it too i, I would say yeah i hate um, pedophiles and i would say that's probably appropriate but um just to recap the numbers new jersey government officials claim over 1400 hate crimes for the year fbi reviews and and determines 72 percent of them uh were not hate crimes dropping it all the way down to 389 and you can bet based on the FBI's methodology of those 389, a lot are still dubious. A lot of those aren't even convictions. So we're always told that the real ones are way more common than the false or the exaggerated claims. But this is one data sample. Three quarters were false or exaggerated claims. Uh, and interestingly, the FBI and the state of New Jersey, according to the historical data in the story, we're not always this far off in their assessments. 2016, 2017, 2018, they had the exact same assessment on the amount of hate crimes happening in New Jersey. Suddenly in 2019, the state of New Jersey goes off its rocker and starts reporting these gigantic numbers while the FBI is actually showing a decrease. So what are we dealing with here? Are we, re are we dealing with a rise in hate or are we dealing with a rise in political thirst for hate to satisfy the narrative 
the needs of the narrative? The answer is in the asking, isn't it? Uh, obviously, I, it's what we're dealing with. How many real hate crimes by their definition do you think we're dealing with on an annual basis? I bet 100 nationwide, maybe. I mean, a tiny, tiny, again, it depends. The definition of hate crime is so stupid. I know. I um, reject that this is even a concept. It's preposterous. Oh, man, but, I really, I loved my friend so much, and that's why I murdered him. That's not, Yeah, uh, I know. there's no love crime. If you deliberately attack a person, it's because of some malicious motive, as in hate. You can kill people out of compassion, I think. I suppose, like, he was suffering and I put him down. But if it's an attack, if the other person does not consent to the arrangement, it, it has to be motive, motivated by some kind of malice. That's true. And and it, all of the existing hate crimes, especially in 2021, were all black against yeah. Asian crimes anyway. Uh, yeah, well, they yeah, they don't like to talk about that. And um, that's the premise of a lot of this is uh, the anti-Asian hate crime wave of 2020 and into 2021. But anyway, just a, a, an important piece to understand to counter that claim. Well, there's way more real ones than fake ones. Not not really. In fact, it might be heavily tilted in the other direction, according to this particular analysis. Anyway, I have one more uh, We've been talking a lot about monkeys tonight. It's a very monkey themed show. And. <laughs> he's not just saying that because we were talking about black that's hate crime, the so. substance of the story yeah that really is <laughs> it sounds like a terrible transition but in other news a black minor league hockey player jordan suban i think that's how you say it of the south carolina stingrays claimed an opposing player mocked him with a monkey gesture in a game earlier this month the opposing player jacob panetta was skating back to the bench after an encounter with suban and says he was he says he was making a bodybuilder gesture like he was flexing his muscles or puffing his chest. Now, the video I found the video. It is beyond unclear. I can't even see a gesture at all. You what tell is a me, monkey gesture? What like I like scratch your armpits ooh, ooh, ah, ah, kind of thing, I guess. I don't know. You tell me if you see anything in this video. It was a brief moment loaded with consequence. What happened was a microaggression. During a fight on the ice, Iceman player Jacob Panetta puffed out his arms and moved his shoulders up and down. He says it was meant to be a, quote, tough guy bodybuilder gesture. But the player on the receiving end, Jordan Subin, saw the gesture as a racist imitation of a monkey. I can't see anything in there. I saw him go like this. Who cares? It doesn't matter. He maybe moved his shoulders slightly. And by the way, after that, they got in a fight and beat each other's ass for like five minutes. But that's fine. Uh, they kind of broke it up like the teams intervened. But it's not the fight that is part of any discipline here. It's the fact that this guy is supposedly a racist. That player, the guy who puffed his chest, Jacob Panetta, he has now been suspended indefinitely by the league. What? And then his team released him. The Jacksonville Iceman released him. He's he's off the team. He's off the hockey job now. <sighs> well. And so we don't care that they fought each other. We just care that like a guy plausibly acted like a monkey, even though that's not at all clear. And the worst part, I wish this guy would have just say what's obvious. I wasn't doing a monkey thing, man. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. We were in a hockey fight and I kind of puffed my chest a little bit. But he went on Instagram and released the just the most awful form of uh, of apology. Oh, come on, man. I'm disappointed with the ruling and the commissioner of the hockey league. Well, at the same time, I know my action caused pain to Jordan and his family. Also, the punches. Also, the game of hockey caused pain. I am deeply sorry. I feel sick that I made Jordan feel attacked because of his race. 
That's not who I am. That was not my intent, and it is not my character. As the League determined, although my tough guy gesture was made toward Jordan, uh, that was made toward Jordan uh, Suban was not racist in intent, I acknowledge that it was perceived as such. And so I, of course, what? believe that racism has no place in society, and it has no place in hockey. What okay. a fag. Yeah, that's weak. It, it, if you're getting smeared as a racist, now he's he's agreed to participate in some sort of education program where they're going to tell him how racist he is, and he has <gasps> to he has to flog himself for you know for a few weeks, and maybe he'll come back. But uh, but yeah, I this photo of him, I, I hope that's authentic. I don't know if you can see it; it's linked in one of the stories. He has a looks looks like a missing front tooth. So <laughs> I'm sure he's been in many many hockey fights and he doesn't apologize for those but if someone the, the, the news report on the story even says well the, the determination of the league the intent does not matter it's only the effect so if someone perceives you as racist in their own subjective judgment you are to be punished that's so absurd that's People the new standard to see that everybody needs to stop apologizing yeah this this guy should have said uh, I meant to beat his ass and I'll beat his ass again the next time I see him because that's hockey. Yeah. In fact, you should have said, I will beat his monkey ass yeah, right into the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, if they, if they want to make you into a racist villain, just become the racist villain, yeah. I guess. A one word tweet could have solved this all. Just the <laughs> N word. Just <laughs> tweet it out. It's over. Well, they, you've really crossed the threshold at that point. Like, they can't get you anymore then. Yeah, just keep tweeting it. Just yeah. At every person that says anything to you. Reply. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, take care of the movie review, and then uh, we'll, we'll get out of here. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. This week's movie is the 2012 sci-fi thriller Dread, in which Cersei Lannister leads a gang that takes over a sprawling apartment building in a future dystopian megacity. A determined lawman defies death to try to stop her, and a chick cop learns that even with superpowers, she is not up for the job. From movie picker Adam... It's a cool, mindless shooter, much like John Wick. But let's be honest, who hasn't imagined himself as judge, jury or executioner in uh, and edu- executioner rather in vigilante justice, cleansing the world of vice and evil? This is the inevitable end to abolishing the police. Uh, your thoughts and your rating. Yeah, I feel like I cannot give Dread an appropriate review because I did not see the original with Sylvester Stallone. I even messaged you. I'm like, are, are you sure we're supposed to watch the 2012 one? Yeah, it's a, it's a remake, but I was clear that it yeah, it was the the, the intent was the 2012. And I'm not uh familiar with the is it a comic? I believe so. I'm not familiar with the comic either. Which does that impact the quality of this review probably? I mean, hmm. shouldn't I have familiarity with all of these? Um I don't know, maybe not. Uh nonetheless, I will try and I I liked it. I like this gritty cinematography um and the ultra violence i i think that this might be the most violent movie maybe i've ever seen hmm they, to, they well, ha- Hex, hexaw ridge was pretty gnarly though this was really violent yeah but it was kind of um uh like artistic violence so maybe it's a different 
Yeah. It's a different thing. And I, I liked all this stuff with the slow-mo and everything. I cannot believe I'm saying this, but I liked the female leads. Wow. All of them. So I, Mama di- I did. Yeah. And the chick cop, the psychic chick cop. I liked that the chick cop, even though she had this incredible superpower, was still limited by her uh, physical size. Like she still couldn't compete, you know. And then I liked that um, Mama, that her entire character was a manifestation of her own sexual abuse in this dystopian future. I thought that that was kind of a nice uh, nod to her character development. Um, But it didn't bother me that there was that there were two female leads. Um, And then Dread, I thought it was such like an unpretentious performance. Like you don't get to know him very well, but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't take away from the plot. Uh, I thought this was a really solid movie. Kind of unremarkable, but but I thought it was pretty solid. I'm, you know, three out of five or four out of five. Hmm. Three out of five, probably. But I, I liked it a little more than that, you know. We are right in the same ballpark. Okay. I think our tastes are merging, except for Life of Brian, and except for um, Dogma. Dogma. <laughs> oh, but uh, but yeah, I had generally similar thoughts that that not just that the action was compelling, but that it was creative and artistic. And mm-hmm. the slow mo scenes, uh, slow mo is the drug that gives the user the perception that time is operating at one percent speed. And to capture that or to present that, that horrible. they did a lot of. Uh, technical things to film in addition to using high-tech cameras that can capture um, images that look good at such slow speed. They achieved a lot of these effects of people getting shot and getting hit in the slow-mo world by using compressed air Mm. and, and a whole bunch of other effects, some of which were digital, some were practical, but it still was very cool. And even the technicals that went went into the color or the color alteration of that world, kind of these super saturated select colors that give it almost this prismatic or rainbow effect. I I thought it was, I thought it was really cool because it produced a a drug like effect, but it didn't feel like over the top or distracting or confusing. But it did kind of confine it to an era in film. Yeah. Like I, I, you could throw me into that movie and I'd be like, this was made in the mid 2000. Yeah, I suppose Uh, it's kind of that combination of like practical effects plus somewhat early digital that still. Yeah. I mean, you could tell like, like the bullets penetrating the faces. You could tell it's kind of video gamey, but I think it still looked pretty good. I was, I was impressed with it and I was, I, I enjoyed it without thinking, okay, that looks fake and stupid. Yeah. And I I liked, um, I also liked the death of mama, even though it was very long. Like a lot of these slow motion deaths, it took forever for her to fall down that thing. And I was wondering the whole time she's falling down the atrium, are they going to show the impact? And then slowly, but surely her face (laughs) just melts to the concrete floor and becomes a blood splatter. It's weird because it, it was very violent. But in a in an artistic way that wasn't uh, I don't know it didn't give you that like gut level kind of sickening reaction. Yeah. It it was um it it's just very unique and memorable. That's all I can say is it was a very memorable presentation, and so I give it high marks for that. The things I I didn't necessarily like uh, the whole concept. I I, I expected I was going to get into a movie about the philosophy of justice and this whole judge jury and executioner concept. Not much about that was there. You had those corrupt judges and there's maybe some theme there that when you are the 
when you define and administer justice unilaterally, you don't really get that. I, I right. thought that that was going to happen, that that was going to be more explored. And it really wasn't. It ended up being just more of a, a shoot 'em up uh, as, as the nominator, Adam said, kind of a shoot 'em up John wick style movie without that depth. doesn't mean I didn't like it. It just means it left some plot opportunity on the table to me. Uh, that said, it didn't waste my time and I appreciate that. The only other thing I didn't like, I think the helmet is just stupid and goofy. I thought the helmet is uh, in a movie of it. other, of otherwise cool aesthetics. I thought the helmet was bulky and weird and it, it had like crossbars over the eyes, which didn't make any you sense. You mean like the utility of the helmet or the actual design of the helmet? The, uh, the appearance of it is silly oh, okay. and stupid. And I, I like that his face was covered. It, it uh, gave like a good distance uh, from the actor. I could see that. I could see that being the intent. But the other thing I didn't like is all the other tech had all these cool features. The gun can switch fire modes and has all sorts of different ammunition. He wears this highly identifiable, all the judges do, this this highly identifiable helmet with sort of a right. weird design, but there's no technical capabilities of it ever displayed. It's just kind of, it's just, it's a weird chunk of whatever on his head that doesn't really do anything. That's true. And looked kind of stupid. And it's a petty point. It doesn't really impact the substance of the movie. It's just the more serious they tried to act in those helmets, the more it came off as a joke to me. So I, I was not a fan of that. But um, what'd you I, give it? I rated it right about where you did. If I if I did halves, I I probably would have given it a three and a half. Hey. And that rounds up to a four. Ricky, 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 Ricky. Mm, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. And as you mentioned, in a world of movies that often make us endure like an unnecessary hour of torture when the movie sucks, this yeah. is one that is in and out quick. It's about an hour and a half. And yeah, I appreciate that. I was entertained. There wasn't any part of the movie where I thought this is boring nonsense. I was entertained throughout. So yeah, me too. I'll give it higher marks than not, even if I'm rating it maybe a little too highly. Because there's a lot of good movies I've given a four that I'm not sure if this is quite there. But anyway, I mean, I'm as- finding the audience picks like. I guess I'm finding him a little baffling, but I guess the whole point of the the review segment is to expose you to to culturally relevant films. This one is kind of a cult movie. It flopped at the box office. I had never heard of it before. I, it's actually new to me, too. And I thought the same thing. How did I never hear about this movie even? And it's because it was kind of a marketing failure. They apparently did not market it well. People didn't see it in theaters. It's been appreciated after the fact. But when it was released, it was not a big deal. Um, people are mostly in line with us four and fives uh majority four and five ratings erudite is our audience though is anybody gonna put on a list and vote for like andre rubelev or anything like that are we ever gonna see any of these fantastic classic films or is it all gonna be stuff like this it depends depends who gets picked as the nominator and what the audience votes for but (sighs) come on next week I I'm sure you've seen this movie and I have a long time ago but office space is up next week I don't even so, think I'm going to need to rewatch that. I've seen it. I like Mike Judge. And so I and I've seen I, I hardly remember anything about it, though. So it'll be a good opportunity to watch again. I expect to appreciate it, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, after that, the nominations for February are from listener Charles. It's a new list. As of last week, uh, nominations are The Fifth Element, Predator, The Big Lebowski, RoboCop, Rear Window, Network and Snatch. As an aside and a note, I forgot to include Snatch on last week's vote. So my apology for that. Uh, and you can go vote for snatch, which is a weird thing to say, but you can vote for that. If you're looking to watch that movie and we'll make the jokes later. 
as a reminder, if you'd like to um, read my movie reviews, comment on how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That's MattChristiansonMedia.com. And that will do it. Let's catch up with chat and we'll call it a night. Sure. We're good All over right. on D-Live. Thank you guys over there. Peter K. Hundreds of trucks are trapped on a federal road outside of Ottawa. RCMP is confining trucks and drivers with no way in or out. They're trying to prompt an altercation as an excuse for use of force. Hey, that makes sense. They trapped them it. in? Is that what he's saying? Yeah, that's what he's saying. So, and now they're going to set in, send in their instigators and cause a, cause a ruckus. Uh, a they're about to army of Ray Epps. They're about to fuck a boot and find oot. <laughs> Get ready. Robin D. Banks. The great honking of our times is upon us. Shall we let the Mountie take the field? Nay, we shall honk in the streets. We shall honk on the beaches. We shall honk until injustice is rectified. <laughs> that is uh, a great piece of clown pill poetry. I appreciate it. Andrew Pollock. Do you guys remember that Desmond kid? Oh, I remember. I wonder if he ate his parents yet. What kind of seasoning do you think he would use? His mom was pretty fat, so let that inform your decision. And I'm pretty sure that red wine or white wine? What pairs best? And I ate his liver with a nice Chianti and some fava beans. We were talking on Wednesday. (laughs) Desmond needs to be recruited to be the accuser of whoever Biden's Supreme Court pick is. I know he's earned it. Desmond has. He's really been through a lot. Yep, I'm ready to start your GoFundMe, Desmond. Boogeyman nine one seven says, "Cheers, thank you." Hayden R. Matt, where can I buy that green shirt? Uh, I actually I got this flannel at a van store in Las Vegas in 2018 when we were driving through moving my wife here. So nowhere. Is so the it's, answer to that question. it's an unlikely find, but I have a few. A lot of my flannels are these Vans ones. That are this kind of buffalo plaid pattern. Uh, the squares are the right size and the colors are usually pretty good. So and they're simple. But I, I um, yeah, I'm a fan of, of those, although I'm sure Vans would disavow me for saying such things. But no. Yeah. Um, maybe. But it, yeah, I think they still make generally similar. Uh, this The generally the same shirt, probably not this color exactly, but you can still find it. I'm glad Eric you appreciate Herbic. it. Thank you. Fiance got the coof and had to isolate, so I'm alone during the stream and here to give you money. We'll take it. Sorry to hear that. I wish a speedy recovery. Appreciate it, um, and Godspeed to your fiance. Yep. Hillbilly Deluxe. For a good laugh, watch Matt Walsh on Dr. Phil talking to two trans creatures. I yeah. heard about this, but I didn't watch it. I've seen it some is a clips. trans creature. I've not seen it all the way through, but again, it was the basic question that more or less stumped the transgender people and the professor speaking on their behalf which is what is a woman yeah and they refuse to define the term yet they know that they are them we are women exactly but also a woman is anything so everyone's a woman if they want to be because a woman is what they say it is my head hurts yeah finger binger I need that shirt blonde. Here's money to celebrate me getting to permanently work from home due to being sexually harassed in the office bathroom by the janitor asking me to show him my thigh tattoo. What? Yes, I know that wouldn't have happened if I was a trophy wife, but we're working on that part still. Lol, I shot too much. That's a real story? (laughs) For my Virginia disability to pay for. Is that sexual harassment? Maybe it was just a really cool tattoo. 
I don't know, binger. Sounds like uh, this is, uh, I wouldn't call that sexual. <laughs> I don't know. I don't it's know. It's not I on need, your tit, you know? I would need how, more detail. How erotic is is a woman's thigh? Depends on the thigh. I, I don't know. I've never seen a woman been like, wow, what sexy thighs. Some more than others. Huh? Oh, and then a fan made this shirt for me, so... That's right. I, yeah, I remember um, there were some other good ones in that package. I can't remember what the other ones were. There, there are. This is the one that I wear the most. And, you know, no one has I wear it in town all the time. No one has ever said anything to me about it. I'm surprised. I wonder how many people even know what it means. But I think people think that I don't know what it means. Maybe. Eric Nervik, does Phoenix Ammo ship their ammo via train? I live only a couple miles from the L.A. freight yard. I don't think so. I don't. And I don't know what the California laws are. Doesn't California require um, background check upon receipt of ammo? You can't ship to uh, residences anymore for ammo, I think, seriously speaking. And I gather that's partly a joke with reference to the train yard or whatever. But I read a report, too. uh, There are apparently a lot of guns and ammo that have been stolen off those train uh, off those train cars in California. So seriously speaking. They must. The criminals are arming themselves through that scheme too. Uh, it's pretty smart. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know if Phoenix ships to California. Seriously speaking, I, I doubt it at this point. I doubt it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Text Bolivar. Rebecca Dost appear to be the number one sister of soul. Rumor has it she indeed enjoys chicken, which is breaded and fried, the liqueur which is malted, and the melons of water. I do enjoy all of those things, except for malt liquor. What is malt liquor? Like the technical definition. That's a Google question for me. Is it like cognac? Black people like that. The technical definition is a strong lager or ale in which sugar, corn, or other adjuncts are added to the malted barley to boost the total amount of fermentable sugars. So it's like malt beer? It's just, uh, yeah, extra boozy. Some additives to make the the beer extra boozy. Hey, you're my age. Did you guys uh, drink hypnotic? Uh, the name rings a bell, but I don't know that I did. What was it? It was like a blue. It was it's a blue millennial liquor that we would have yeah. on special occasions. It was really gross. What makes it so special? I don't think I've ever had it. I don't remember. Was it like Nelly's drink or something? Oh, like the that? drink is blue, too. I was thinking just the bottle. But yeah, it's like uh, the drink is blue. Yeah, it looks like a Smurf drink, like a Smurf liquor. What are alcoholics drinking these days? Yeah, this looks gross. This, this is it, not it something is gross, I would yeah. want. So uh, it's John, a fruit vodka ugh, made from fruit juices, vodka. and We're always drinking like cognac? rum and Cokes, Malibu rum. Oh. Hmm. Uh, no, when I, when I did do the only thing I would drink occasionally, and I never really drank to excess, but, um, but Jaeger bombs, <laughs> th- that was the oh, choice. Yeah. Jaeger yeah. bombs. We would drink Everclear also. We... <laughs> no, I didn't do that. Although, um, when we went to Deadwood over the 4th of July, I, I intentionally picked up some authentic Deadwood moonshine to be, you know, let's get the real Wild West experience. And um, that mason jar of moonshine is still on my kitchen table. I have drank about uh, an eighth of it since July you, 4th. It, you can only make mixed drinks with it, right? You can't drink it straight. Well, this is um, apple pie moonshine. So it's, a, it's, you know, it's fortified. It actually doesn't taste terrible, but... That tells you my appetite for liquor is that a mason jar of moonshine has been sitting on my kitchen table for more than a half a year, and I have not even come close to drinking half of it. Man, Colt 45. That is malt liquor. Hmm. 
Ah, okay. Jonathan Prezios, please talk about CRS uh, firearms and keep updates with the story. This is a very important story to follow, and I hope you guys already know about how bad this actually is. Uh, I don't know specifically, but I'm thinking that's the trigger issue where there is this the one where they're there. The, the ATF has once again determined that a certain trigger build is now a machine gun and uh, and places are being raided on account of that. I'll have to look into the story. But yeah, if I understand correctly, broadly, just like bump stocks or anything else, the feds have extra legislatively redefined what a firearm or a firearm component is. And now they've said that it is, it's the same thing as an unregistered machine gun and uh, the manufacture or possession of them uh, outside of uh, appropriate registration and all the legal loops to uh, hoops to jump through to achieve that. uh, That's 10 years in prison, $10,000 fine, all that stuff. So uh, yeah, I, I agree. And I'll check up on that. It's just like the bump stocks. You don't have to be a gun guy to care about that stuff. If you don't want, federal alphabet agencies to just wave a magic wand and declare your property something else and then arrest you on account of it everybody needs to care about that it's a property rights issue not necessarily uh, a gun issue though it happens to be gun uh, guns and gun components Ugh, why are we getting trolled in that we're getting spammed in the live chat mods do your jobs to uh, a education matt thanks for hanging out thursday a lot of people enjoyed the show and appreciate you being my guest and blonde not to leave you out my wife trolled you on gab i just saw that okay that makes a lot of sense Oh okay. no! I um, hope it was polite trolling. Yeah, but, it, was uh, cute. it was cute. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, on two AEDU's channel on Thursday, and it was a great discussion. Uh, similar topics, guns and defending liberty, and all that. So you can head on over there and check that out, or it's on the um, audio platforms of the show as well. And thank you for hosting, and thank you for supporting the show as well. Appreciate it, and keep the channel going, doing good work. Robin D. Banks, um, weekly reminder: this is the year of the red pill. Ish post frequently to awaken the normies, meme them until they cry, then make memes of them crying, then give them a honk. We can do this, guys. <laughs> Maybe know. the tides are turning. We we'll shall see. see. Jonathan Prezios. The other major topic to talk about is Trevor Jacob, which is a YouTuber that jumps out of airplanes and crashes it for views. What? That I've sounds... never heard of this, but I would, I would, uh, I would give it a watch. That sounds interesting. Bobby Collins. Okay, I'm going to have to take care of this live chat thing. Can you read some of these? Bobby Collins says, mods, uh, yeah. get it together. This is out of control. Well, what's going on? Just generic spam? It's sex. It's sex spamming, but it's wow. like, but very, it's it's just destroying the live chat. I got okay. you. Okay, I can, I can read if you want to uh, see if you can get a handle. Just, just ban Man, Bobby Collins says, I just want to say I really love this show. You two do an awesome job. Uh, Matt, I greatly appreciate uh, your consistent approach. Blonde, your bigotry has slowly grown on me. Hashtag 1488. And I find myself turning into Clayton Bigsby every day. Well, thank you for the kind <laughs> words. That, uh, I appreciate that. That is much appreciated. Thanks for keeping us on the air. Biden's ask rack. Creepy. Oh, I have to read this in a creepy whisper. If you take the time to pay the thing and then normal voice, you stack spaghetti sauce in a store. Now you need Parmesan cheese. Who smoked it? I just bought it four days ago, five days ago. I'm not sure I understand that one. That was four days ago, five days ago. It's it's just as coherent as anything else he said, I suppose. Gary Christensen. No, it's um Hunter. What? Hunter. With oh, the that's cheese. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did I forget that the Hunter digging for parmesan story we're past two hours that's how the, somebody um, we're getting spammed by somebody with this vaginal yeast infection 
Oh, well, I suppose <sighs> if you got a really bad one and you need a cure, it's really Spot. pressing. Um, Gary Christensen, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think all of the justices went to either Harvard or Yale and most of the justices in the past two. I think we've got a Columbia or two in there, don't we? There's, uh, Yeah, you're probably right that it's more than, than uh, just I'm sure it's more than just her. Elena Kagan used to be. You're right. I should have thought of that. Elena Kagan used to be the uh, dean of Harvard Law School. And there's more than that, I'm sure. So how is that going to play out? I hadn't thought about that conflict of interest. In common so hands. there's a lot of Ivy Leaguers. It's almost exclusively. It Ivy is League, exclusively so. Ivy League. That's true. Yeah. Um, well, if it isn't my favorite YouTubers, uh, nice shirt blonde. I think that would look good next to my defensively Susan and Phoenix ammo shirts. Awesome mm. flannel as always, Matt. Well, thank you. I guess we really nailed it on the shirt selection tonight. No planning. It's because I slept in this last night. And solid I think choices. There's, there's some vomit on it. Also. Well, I've, I've learned that. Uh, is that wait? Is that your barf or is that your kid's barf? Oh, it's my barf. Yeah. I'm in that stage and it's mostly my wife. I can't claim that it's affecting me the most. But you get at that stage of parenthood where it's like the shirt you wear every day has some kind of nastiness on the shoulder yeah. from drool or spit Wrong. up or whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever else. Yeah, who knows? Uh, KLT, four years ago, we lived in Seattle. My wife was watched with me, has watched with me, and said, I can agree with Matt, but Blonde is too far. Today we live in Boise, and she said, I can get behind Blonde on the 19th. (laughs) It happens. There's another uh, tally mark for Blonde. Slowly at first, then quickly. Hmm. Epic bonkers. If you trigger, if your trigger finger can shoot 10 rounds with 10 finger trigger pulls in one second, how long until the ATF abolish them, by the way, tries to ban human fingers? When do we ignore the laws and follow the constitution? Never. That's never, ever going to happen. But I agree with you. Yeah. We're not far off from the ATF making such a determination. So I just wait a few years, I'm sure. And this is the ATF without what's his face. Uh, Who is Biden's nominee who didn't, who never got confirmed? I already forgot. Uh, I, I can see his stupid uh, Chipman, David Chipman. He's not even in there. And they have some, you know, some yeah. interim leader, as they always do, running the show. And it's still a disaster. How do I turn on slow mode in the live chat? I don't know that you can from the chat itself. You have that many different accounts spamming. Yeah, it's, it's somebody wrote a really good code. <laughs> wow. OK. Um, we'll Willie have to Brown. figure that out. Love you, too. You're my weekly reset. Thank you. We appreciate that. Thank um, you. Robin D. Banks. Guys, guys, I figured it out. Kamala goes to South Carolina. Biden gets a more likable VP, perhaps Hillary. Then Biden's a staircase and a banana peel away from Hill Dog taking over as first woman president. Oh, God, if that's how this all is going to go. There's fine, always a way, dude. Hillary can't be counted out. There's always a way. Um, Long Don John. Blonde Google of the week. Russian lathe accident. This is where I ended up uh, after trying to find the uncensored footage of the motorcycle crash from last week before Matt posted the links. I can't I can't look up any gore or I will throw up. I can't. Uh, let me see if I can get a description. OK. Oh, man dies after getting pulled by the machine at work. Uh, yeah, I don't want to watch that. I can't. No, 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 I don't want it. Shredded no. meat goes flying across the room, no. says the preview. I no. don't want to see Blah. that. What part of his body? His I arms, don't know. I assume. I'm not clicking that though. Long Don John. I just read that one. Uh, don't day 2k Kamala casting a tie breaking vote to confirm herself. Don't count it out. The demoralization factor would be too great for the Dems to pass up. That would be highly demoralizing. That's a high level of confidence. If they went for it though, that just shows they have, that just shows they really are laughing at you the whole time. They don't give a shit at all. If they do that. Yeah. 
Um, Wazazel says, I hope that during the confirmation hearings, the Republicans force the candidate to comment on Sotomayor's crazy comments, either agree with crazy or BTFO Sotomayor. No, she's never going to have to pay for what she said. Uh, it would be an interesting thing to raise, though. Hey, here are some philosophy comments from Sotomayor in recent weeks. Uh, agree? Disagree? What say you? <laughs> yeah, interesting approach. Uh, Matt and I once made love. He got pink eye, but it wasn't from crashing into a truck of Supreme Court candidates. 2022 is the most important year for freedom since 1942. So far, Australia is losing badly. It's the most goddamn faggy thing you've ever seen. <laughs> Cannot confirm or deny the story about pink eye. Uh, yeah, but Australia, they're trying to do their own trucker thing. Maybe they can get it turned around, too. I mean, maybe. I hope they can. Uh, Daniel jogger jagger says someone call roger stone to cook up something for biden's nominee someone said that last week yeah. we really should he's got a bone to pick with them hmm. behana fam um canada will end up with mandates being lifted and the people of canada will think they've won but in the u.s and in canada it's not enough to lift mandates these tyrants need to be jailed if not hanged for treason here here esoteric unbound well, this I week i'm being sent to meetings in california for the first time since uh Fauchistine's monster escaped the lab the lab i've been told that masking and showing my papers will be required at all points during the trip i'm wrestling how on how with how obnoxious to be towards these tasked with implementing this bs adding to the fun yesterday i came down with a sniffle a cough and my infamously loud sneeze folks on the plane are going to love me i don't know i would just be dicks to everybody uh, I mean, this kind of it's it's sort of a similar theme of the of the last chat, which is now that these things are are being determined to be wrong, whether it's sort of your workplace decision making or whether it's um, national political policy. Are, are we just supposed to say, well, that was uh, that was unfortunate, but now we just move along? Or are we actually going to treat the crimes that were committed against all of us seriously? Yeah, I don't know that I have like I'm, I'm not saying like bloodlust or something but we can't it's like biden's unconstitutional moves on the eviction um moratorium and on the vaccine mandate yeah there's just no accountability i get it the election is accountability but that's still two years away you have a congress that won't impeach even though twice the court has said he's engaged in unconstitutional behavior it, it's yet another example even with his pick on the supreme court if you had such a policy at a sizable private business for hiring you would be sued into the ground. Oh, yeah. You violated sure. the Civil Rights Act. They do these things. It's fine when they do it. Um, when you do it, it's the end of your career, and there's no accountability for them. That's got to change. I don't know how, but it's got to. Das Pooch. Okay, who allowed the boomer to make such a cringy choice of music for that trucker protest video? They ruin everything. I should have clarified. Yeah, I didn't edit that in. It was not, I didn't think I was sticking it to the man by putting in, we're not going to take it. In fact, I had to be very careful because I didn't want Susan to ding me for the copyright on the music. So I just yep. left it in there. Knuckle Hunky Buck. The guy with the Confederate flag was heard to say, the sooth will rise again, eh? That's <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. I'm sure he did say that. Very authentic. Nathan Simpson, the rulers of the Gentiles lord lorded over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Hmm. What, what MT? I've, I'm only I only just finished Genesis, so I'm I don't know what this is. He explains it in another chat above here. 
Oh, he does? Oh, my he, previous comment yeah. is a Bible reference to the passion that Western democracies derive the idea of civil servants and prime ministers uh, I see. From. Okay. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Thank um, you. Appreciate thank it. Mario Gretzky, uh, I never tip anything to anyone, but want to thank you for the coverage. A weekly watcher and an audible local, please feel free to reach out if you want convoy info. It's much bigger than you showed. I figured as much. Yeah, if you've got more information, I'd love to see it. Um, obviously, I I don't know what it's like there. Not only, uh, certainly in the context of this convoy, I don't know what Ottawa is like, period. I don't really know what Canada is like. So yeah. um, I appreciate the information that people are sending our way. And then thank you for that. Holden Mulray, hi, Truth Seekers. Regarding my cryptic chat last week, the left won't be content with leaving college debt to the private sector. Companies can't hire huh. all the CRT degrees. College ain't one thing, is it? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. We probably butchered the meaning of that then. Yeah, I think we were just kind of unclear on exactly what the right. the question was. But yeah, thank you for clarifying. Appreciate it, Holden, as always. Cinefan21, I've been enjoying your tremendous shows for several years now. I would like to thank you both for the hard work you do. Can I get a shout out for my birthday today? Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Cinefan. I hope Thanks you for supporting have a the good show. One. Um, the jackalope. No, it's a great asset. More inflation. Tough times ahead, but hopefully the devil's game ends soon. Not a financial advisor, but should start hoarding asset classes goods if you haven't begun already. It's never too late to start prepping. Um, I would, yeah, as I've said frequently, I am no expert investor. I'm not qualified to give investing advice. I just think only a fool hangs on to the U.S. dollar. That's the worst possible thing you could ever hold. Give me um, give me the monkey crap from that diseased truck that gives you pink eye. I would rather hold that than the U.S. dollar if I was. Well, yeah, you, you would have the power to start a whole new disease of yourself and then you'll be the one in control of the new world. order. That sounds like fantastic economic opportunity that the dollar would never provide me. I agree. So I'll take it. Uh, knuckle hunky buck that surgeon general is an adult that's three indian kids <laughs> standing on each other's shoulders in an adult suit i know isn't he an ugly bastard he's got the butthole eyes and he looks like a skinny skinny poor indian kid he looks like he should be playing in a sewer there's a joke there that i what would you call indian little rascals there's got to be a joke there i just can't put it together come on guys someone's gonna have to fill in the blanks for me uh, it's too late um, I see brain story to check out. Mike, the cop has a podcast on YouTube and found it was likely that Glowy's had YouTube stealth cut out a portion of recent episodes episode seems some potentially classified in info shared by guest. Uh, sure. That's news to me, but I'd, I would take a look at it. If you can send that information my way. Interesting. Carnarvon. No, no, thank you. PH or PD. Cause I'm literate. Um, thank you for covering the convoy. I lost my job because I refused to comply with Trudeau's vaccine mandate. This has gone too far. Keep up the great work. Good for you. I'm sorry about all the stuff I said about Canadians. It's and, frustrating. Yeah. Well, good for you for sticking up for what you believe too. And I hope that uh, there are greener pastures that you are soon uh, to arrive at. So uh, thank you for supporting the show and and all the best. Appreciate it. <laughs> There's some good ones. Okay. Okay. We've got uh, little schwarmies, shittle rascals. <laughs> shittle rascals. and the little hindus oh okay i'll accept i'll accept but the poo and the loo crew god i love you guys little poo skulls (laughs) okay (laughs) okay fair enough it's better than i did i can't complain 
Pintside Punjabs. All right. Mm. You guys are back in my good graces. I, I like it. I'll stop talking about how you're not an erudite clan that won't ever vote in any uh, good movies. Connor Vaughn says, I only tune in to hear blondes laugh. Only Canadians standing on their hind legs makes me happier. Hmm. Hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Black it's got to be too. the authentic. Appreciate I know. It. I know. Hate crime is just another name for thought crime. That is truer words have never been spoken. Yeah. Jay Stewart. Matt, never heard of a crime of passion. It's pretty well known. Yeah, but those aren't crimes committed out of love. They're still yeah. from negative emotions. It's like you love somebody right. and you catch them in bed with somebody else. And so you murder both of them. It's like you didn't do that because you loved the person. You did it because you were jealous or yeah, it's enraged. A, or- it's a malicious intent. It's not an intent to benefit that person. That's kind of the point. But um, little shat skulls. But yeah. And, and I guess. But but even to the prior chatters point, too. And, and this is the broader point. Um, if you kill a person, do I care if you did it because you hate them or you love them? The the problem is you ended their life unjustifiably. Your intent for doing it, I mean, that matters, I suppose, insofar as you plotted it or not. Versus, yeah. But as far as the morality of ending that life, it doesn't necessarily make it better or worse. Let me reload. Uh, uh, I got I, it. I have I, one more. Oh, yeah. Okay, go for it. Slosher Blonde, you ask what comes after COVID. I think it will be financial crash. Climate change by itself is too nebulous to scare people. People have a hard time feeding themselves and wanting government help is the plan. That's probably true. Yeah. That could there be is it. this um growing food, growing meat in the lab initiative and everything like that, too. It's to control to make sure that we aren't so strong. They can weaken. It us. does line up, yeah. All right, I'm reloading really quick. Ah, trust 508. I have to say the film criticism here is much better than sites like I dare say Rotten Tomatoes. No conveniently glowing reviews for politically correct films that are overhyped. Like Black Panther. Well, thanks. I uh, we, it's, it's, you're the it's, only person that's ever given us a positive review for our negative film reviews. It's a it's a very polarizing segment, but that's kind of the point too, and that's sort of the fun is in a, among a community that broadly agrees on a vision of the world. Maybe not specifically on everything, but just generally, like we can all share a country together. And these days, that's saying something. It's fun to have something that we are going to have strongly differing uh, views about and to try to fight that out sort of in um, in a less consequential way. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if you loved Life of Brian or hated it. The country's not going to burn on account of that opinion. And um, well, some some might disagree with that assessment, I suppose. I think but it will. mostly we can hate movies and still not suffer real life consequences. And that's sort of the fun. So thank you for the kind words. Das Pooch. JFC, turn on subscriber only mode and slow mode when this happens. I don't think I have the capability to do that. And it's my job to monitor the super chat. We'll figure it out for next time. I apologize for the live chat snafu this time. But we will, uh, you know, we got the flat earthers under control, which, um, you know, and we'll, we'll figure this out, too. And by the way, for all you free speech purists who want to crucify me for that, um, it's not their perspective. It was not the flat earth. No, they're just banned. Opinion. They they bombed us like they overtook our entire chat. That's the only time we've ever had a the, similar The issue. names are hilarious, though. One was just semen, 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 semen. Oh, my God. And then shit stained balls come drench Jap eye. Well, wait, these are that's that's our real audience. That's not. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it, you would have to that see sounds it. normal. clearly a bot. No, that it's a sounds bot. normal it's a to bot. me. <laughs> the juice is nine eleven. <laughs> there's there's one spammer called Smegma Bukaki sixty nine. <laughs> no, it's like blocks of yeah. the same text. So I get you. I, you know, you know. Um Darius Lupus says CRS Firearms was arrested for knowledge. We should support him. 
I have what? to look this up. I, or is this the guy? Is this the trigger thing? Or is this the guy who literally drew a picture on a piece of metal? Uh, CRS firearms arrested an ATF. Oh, this is a video. Sorry. I can't listen to this. But um, yeah, I, I don't know the specifics of this. He's a gun tuber, apparently. Hmm. So I will have to look into this. ATF to begin seizing binary triggers this video is about. And that's what I was talking about on Wednesday. I don't know if this is specifically related to binary triggers, but that's, um, as we mentioned, binary trigger fires on pull and release. And that's okay. definitionally not a machine gun, which defined under federal law. Um, machine gun is more than one round per trigger function. Since in this trigger design, pull and release are two distinct trigger functions, the ATF has already ruled they're not machine guns, but they probably just changed their mind okay. and decided to raid a person, just like they're doing, just like they did with bump stocks. That is how they do. Just like they did with, or they're working on doing with uh, pistol braces. They they just decide eh, today's the day that those are machine guns. It's time to go get that guy. Um, hold on, right. Joni Mitchell, Canadian, wrote Circle Game and replied to Sugar Mountain by Neil Young, also Canadian where he laments turning 21. Isn't it ironic that generation used to say not to trust anybody over 30? I know. And now there are these, I I I always wondered how hippies were going to turn out. I saw some blue check unironically tweeting. I forget exactly who this was, but tweeting, wow, it looks like uh, boomers still have their rebellious protest spirit. That's apparently still alive since the sixties or something. And it's like, Oh wow. Look at you. You're standing up for corporate America and big pharma. And as well as Pharma every federal government. government agency. Yeah. What a, what a so amazing, brave. yeah. Stick it to the man. you the, the hippie generation lives on, but Why do they I guess stick, stick it to the man has become the man talking. gets to stick you. That's yeah, exactly that's how it's reversed. Yeah. But they're still, their well, protest spirit is still alive. Uh, Kaylee Isaroff, um, last one. Hello from Ottawa. Trucker protest is so peaceful. Everyone is so happy. Hope it brings about change. Yeah. I didn't see anything that troubled me. Although I like a violent protest. Um, <laughs> Blonde is disappointed in all of you for that. Yeah, come on. I just have one more over on um, Tippy Stream. All the Spotify tardation. Why not? Uh, or why not one of these people with the correct information? Why don't they simply go on Joe Rogan's show and provide it? I would if Vivek Murthy or anyone from uh, Rochelle Walensky, uh, Dr. Fauci, any of these people from the federal government wanted to go on Joe Rogan's show, not even for like a gotcha, but I'm sure Joe would actually treat them fairly and have this conversation. They won't do it. They, uh, they refuse. They, they could Joe, I'm sure would give them the opportunity to bring their information to that audience. There's no greater opportunity that Vivek Murthy probably has to yeah. widely disperse the correct information than just go on that show and talk about it. Of course he won't do that. The show has to be deleted. Yep. Pursuant to your rights. It has to be deleted. Anyway. Um, DLive, we're good. Thank you guys over on DLive. And oh, I think we have we're one more on YouTube and then we're good. Right. Um, Bobby Collins, if you want to get into prepping, Alaska prepper, city prepper, Canadian prepper, angry prepper, urban prepper, provident prepper, prepper princess, magic prepper, all on YouTube. Wow, that's a lot. That's a vibrant community. I'm not, I've not really looked into prepping YouTube, but I bet it's pretty sweet. Maybe I should check it out. We are good. All right. Well, uh, apologies for whatever happened with the live chat. We'll try to get that figured out for next time. If uh, Susan indeed decides there will be a next time and we are not, in fact, replaced by black women for next Sunday, we shall see. It is. We're entering Black History Month. It's a perfect time Ugh. to do it. 
But thank you guys for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. If you'd like more of the show to listen to, check out the audio platforms. They're linked in the description as well as over on the website. We have the clips channels available now, too, if you want to see just the short segments of the show. Uh, anything else, you can head on over to the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. You can find the show. You can find merch. You can find the movie reviews. You can send us a message, whatever you want to do. mattchristensenmedia.com. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it is not Meet the Press. It is The Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night. Bye, guys. Thank you.